Okay. Yep. Cheers, Doug. www.toontalk.co.uk and can also call the show on 0191-538-9781 and if you're on any handheld device you can go to www.novaradio.co.uk if you're out and about and you want to listen to all the ramblings of what's going on with Newcastle, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, unfortunately Hartlepool but we will we have got an expert on Hartlepool tonight so let us know what you think on everything with regards to North East football and especially what happened in Newcastle the weekend. Strange draw we got, but look what happened. Everybody else lost or drew and Newcastle back up there. Sunderland draw and a different scenario for them. They're now well and truly in the class. You've got Middlesbrough who sacked their manager this week and they've got Steve Agnew now in charge. Um, so lots of talking points tonight. Remember, it's Toon Talk. Tune into the show and you can speak whatever you want to speak to about Newcastle, Sunderland and Middlesbrough and obviously a little bit on Hartlepool as well. Well, I'd just like to introduce my first guest this evening. It's Darren Williams, ex-Sunderland, ex-York, Cardiff, Hartlepool, Bradford, Dundee, Gateshead and Gainsborough and he's currently coaches Hartlepool's under-15s. Good evening to you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for coming back on the show. So it's been interesting. Um, obviously, I think because of uh, when you were on the show last time, uh, BBC Newcastle decided to put you on. How 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 was how it on the sharp end uh, with different uh, fans calling in to talk to you? What's that like? Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, the situation's obviously you know all over the place at the moment. Um, you know, with, with, with different clubs, etc. Um, you know, from, from you know, from a Sunderland point of view, obviously, you know, difficult times. Uh, from a Hartlepool point of view, um, you know, a change of manager, you know, seems to have brightened things up a little bit. Um, you know, and situations obviously with Middlesbrough, you know, we you know now got obviously Steve Agnew stepping in and charge, and you know, hopefully he can do, you know do a good job there. Yeah, I think um, with 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 obviously. Steve Agnew taken over. I was a bit surprised, I must admit, because it's been, well, it's been talked about for a while, hasn't it, that Millsborough were going to get rid of him. Um, but the, the thing I took from the chat with Steve Gibson, um, when he's talking about um, Karanga being a, being a friend of the family, and um, but to me, you're in that position, you've got quite good players. Well, I was going to ask you this, um, when you look at Sunderland's players, 
and then you look at Milford's um, players, who would you think, even though they're both in the same boat, to, to, to more or less do mid revival, who would you think it would be? Who would I say what, sorry? Out uh, of the two teams, when you look yeah. at, you look at um, because you know, at the start of the season, Middlesbrough was surprised everybody, weren't they? And, but when you look at Sunderland, I must admit, when I, when I thought when David Moyes comes in, well, you've got an expert who's been there, done that, and, and got, you know, got, got dirty with Everton uh, when, when he was, you know, they were regularly um, not in trouble, but they were, they were always um, uh, doing quite well. But then you look at Karanka, and I must admit, I, the way that they were pulling up trees early on, um, when you look at the two teams now, though, Darren, would, who, who would you see um, being the better team? Well, I mean, from the point of view of obviously defensively being, you know, being stronger, I mean, you know, Middlesbrough look the stronger, stronger the two sides defensively. Um, you know, they, they seem, seem to set the stall out, um, you know, and, and, and you look at the, obviously, the, they've got a great record of obviously keeping clean sheets, you know, they've got a great record of not conceding a lot of goals. Um, Attacking-wise, obviously, don't create a lot, um, you know, and then the kind of revies, you know, pick the odd goal up here and there, but, you know, are not not realistically, you know, out-and-out goal scorers, you know, where you, you, you look at a scoreline and you think, you know, you wouldn't put Middlesbrough down as both teams scoring every week, um, you know, because of, because of the situations at both ends. You know, Sunderland, on, on, on a point of view, can can keep clean sheets, but, you know, very, very, very rarely, you know, do that. So, you know, the, the, there is a, a weakness or, you know, whether it's, whether it's down to the, the amount of injuries that they've had at the back, and you know, and it's chopping and changing, you know, and personnel, and they, you know, we've never had a settled back line really. Um, you know, you, you're always, you know, always concerned about conceding goals. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately, we know we, we rely too much on Jermaine for, you know, having to score goals. Um, so for me, you know, if you look at that, you would think Middlesbrough probably got the better chance of, of, of getting out of it. And, you know, I hate to say it because obviously, you know, I, I love Sunderland a bit, and I'd love to mm-hmm. see Sunderland, um, you know, stay up. I'd love to see both teams stay up. You know, because we, we, you know, we'd love all the northeast teams in the Premiership. You know, that's what it's all about. Um, but uh, you know, on current form with both sides, you know, uh, Middlesbrough not really scoring goals. Um, you know, not really picked a win up. In, you know, in so long now. Um, you know, and, and Sunderland. You know, barring taking away the the, the four goals they scored. You know, in 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 the Palace game. Um, you know, you look at how many goals they've actually scored. You know, in the last eight games. You know. And, and I think it's one overall. You know, it, it, there's no goals in there. Um, you know, and it, it's it's very disappointing. Um, you know, and you you look at like I say the former both sides at this moment in time, and and realistically, although the writing is not on the wall because it's not set in stone yet, um, you know, it's looking likely that the both sides will will, will struggle and and will potentially go down this year. Yeah, I think I, I think when you look at Sunderland, you think well, you know, they brought in an Ichibi. And they brought in a few other players from from Everton, like Darren Gibson. Um, yeah. To me, they, they kind of, you know, I'm not going to say they've got a nucleus of a good team, but they've definitely got, you know, you could they've got a, they've got a team of battlers, but you need a bit of finesse, obviously, to do that. Um. So, but when you you watch Sunderland, like I, I must, I did watch the game on Saturday, trying to catch Newcastle game, which I couldn't catch. But um, you, you, out of all the teams that you think would be able to you know, win against Burnley with a situation mm. that they can't win. They can't win for nothing away from home. I think they've, they've only ever yeah. got one, mm. in fact, two points, right? 
So it's only got mm. two points away. So you would think that to me, okay, just go for it. You know, yeah. full of spit and vinegar. Like I can imagine, mm-hmm. Dan, I can imagine you in that dressing room. Like I, I could see, imagine you in that dressing room, just like Peter Ramage. If something's wrong, mm. or you want to get them going, or you want to, you know, you, you've got Jermaine Defoe, get the ball to Jermaine Defoe. And mm. the longer it went on, the longer, yeah. it, it just seemed like, it, eventually, as a footballer, you've run out of ideas, don't you? But um, yeah. it, it, to me, it was painful to watch because, you know, Burnley, mm-hmm. yes, they, 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 you know they'll they'll get the odd streaky goal away from home. But um, mm-hmm. are you surprised at Moyes? You know, I've got um, Keith Mister is a regular guest in the show, and he's, he's a Sunderland fan, loves love Sunderland to death. Good evening, Keith. How are you? Evening, evening, Darren. Evening, Keith. You're right. All right, Darren, we've exchanged a few tweets from time to time, endorsed each other's views now and again, so... <laughs> yes, I'm sure we have, mate. <laughs> uh, well, actually, long before the Twitter was invented, I was endorsing your uh, performances from the terraces as well, so don't worry, my fan. <laughs> hey, let's hope they're all good. <laughs> oh, well, mostly good, like, well, nobody's immune from abuse, but hey, generally, you weren't in here, that was beautiful for us. It was a good uh, time when you were there, so... He was giving everything, didn't he? I remember Darren, he used to always... You know, kicking people, up, kicking people up in the air, and you know, giving it full of thunder. And yeah, I, like, I think yeah, I think I think a lot of that's been taken away from the game now, though, isn't it? You know, you yeah. you, you can't get away with a lot now, and I don't mean get away with it, but you, you know, you've got to be very very careful on, on the way you go in now, and you know, everything's you know highlighted, and you know, and you know, it's a dangerous tackle, it's a dangerous tackle, that. So you know, the game the game itself has changed. Um, well, for me, I you know I, I agree with you when you you on about the Burnley. You know, you, you, it was a must-win game. You know, you, you've got you look at it that way, and you look at Burnley's record away away from home. You know, and it's very disappointing that you know we haven't not only won the game, but it's, it's very disappointing that we haven't actually scored a goal again. The, the match on Saturday truly was just. When you see it, they didn't have a lot off up front, and obviously the stats tell you why they're down there alongside us. But yeah. You know, you're seeing you kind of battle as much as in physically as what they did in your era, and then some people might yeah. argue the era before yourself it was different again. But the fact is, these footballers have been brought up in, into these current rules and regulations, and yeah. they offered nothing. And the manager, yeah. I bumped into old Gaffer when I was leaving the stadium. I seen Reedy, and it was hilarious. Um, yeah. But basically, what he offered from the touchline, and there's mm. somebody, any manager with with a bit of passion. Moyes yeah. offered nothing. He didn't cajole them. He didn't encourage them. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't rearrange them in any way to say, "Look, these are here for the taking, and we desperately mm. need to." He didn't seem in threat of his job. It's as if no, no. matter what he does, and I yeah. know Ellis was there. No, no matter what he does, it, it's not a problem. And he actually came up yeah. and said, "Well, it was okay. It wasn't a win, but it was okay." Well. If he thought mm-hmm. that was okay, and I'm not yeah. a professional football manager, of course I'd like to be on mm-hmm. three and a half million a year. But I've got an opinion, yeah. and I didn't think that was anywhere near okay in my book. I've no. seen okay at the stadium late before, and that wasn't it. Yeah, well, I, that's the thing, you know, and it's it's disappointing for me. For me, it seems just like the life of the club has just been sucked mm-hmm. out. You know, it seems like we, you know, as as a club, and you know, and 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 the way you look at it from from off the pitch. And obviously, from you know, from away from the club, it, it, it looks like we've kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that we're going down. You know, 
I'm not being funny. For me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure Reedy, Reedy, well, Reedy definitely was the same. You know, until until somebody puts a, a, an R next to your name on on that league league table, you know, you're fighting till you're fighting till the end. Similar as that. You, know, you should got be. Every, you've got a chance of getting out of it. And I'm not being funny. And uh, you know, I, I, do, I don't, I don't, you know, take anything away from players who get paid. Whatever they get paid, they get paid. But if you get that. That type of money, you should be you should be out there, blood and thunder, week in week out. Um, but it just it just doesn't seem that way. Whether the lads are lacking massively in confidence, whether they're nervous, that should just go out the window, you know, and just go for it. Because I tell you, I know for a fact, if 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 that team went out there and went blood and thunder for 90 minutes and give it the best shot and come off that pitch, haven't been beat, even though they give it the best shot, I know for a fact you 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 fans as a whole would respect that more than them going out there half-heartedly and putting on a poo display. Correct. I tell you what it is, I, I, I say this every week when I'm on. I'm, I'm sick of hearing your own voice. To be honest, if you weren't on, then I was going to skip tonight's show. with only because you're on. I thought, come on. But re- realistically, uh, I, I, I kind of see some of these footballers, when I, when I give a own humble opinion, I don't mm. read many of them past six. Now, I keep on thinking, yeah. you might have some people who've got their heads down and lack confidence, but for yeah. a for a full team, he does, he hasn't got one of his guys on site to say I'm going to like you know, like honestly sweat blood for this guy. There's yeah. not one way they get like seven and eight out of ten performance. They're poor mm. across the board. You don't yeah. see anybody like a shining star man of the matches. If you get six, you're man of the match at the moment. Uh, Goodness me, yeah. you'd be embarrassed if you seen yourself getting a six on the really. Yeah, you, know, you would. That, you'd be getting the hook, wouldn't you? I definitely miss. The, the does, gear, it the gear, does it make any sense, Darren, when he, you've got a Southern supporter as an owner, right? He turns mm. round and you, you have one of the better, best managers you've ever had in, in Sam. Fair enough, you lost him the way you lost him, which is fine because, you know, if you only, he went to the, one of the you know biggest jobs you'll, you'll ever get and lost to his whole life. And mm. then you've got that guy and then you think, you're going to bring in a guy, but the guy you've always wanted... And I've always said this to, to, to Keith. Um, but why would you bring a guy in you've always wanted, but on the back side of it, you want to sell it? That makes mm. no sense. As a businessman, or even as a person that has the club in your heart, because Ellis Shot has done a lot of things to that club. Yeah. And we'll go into what happened last season, the end of that season. But, but to me, uh, what, what, has, what, is he, what is he thinking? What, uh, you, you go there, Keith goes there. What, what um, would a, why would a, a manager, an owner, we've got the worst one in the world, that's what I actually think, but in what, what sense does it make as a person that loves Sunderland Football Club to do um, what he's doing? I mean, it, you know, it doesn't, make, it doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, you know, we all, we all know at the end of the day in, in football, you know, you very rarely get a club that's going to be, you know, run, running above its state. You know, it, it, it's not going to be saying, oh, you know, we're going to make 20, 30 million this year because a lot of football clubs don't do that now. Um, but the big thing for a lot of football clubs is to stay in the Premier League. Um, you know, and, and, that, and that's, that's the, the most, that's the best thing that any, any, I think any chairman can look at. You know, we need to stay in the Premiership. What do we need to do? Right. We need to go out. We need to get X amount of players. Let's go and do it. Let's give it a shot. You know, and let's go from there, because because we all know the money, the money within the Premiership at the moment is is phenomenal. Um, you know, but you know, it just seems to me that the sort of stall's been set out, and that you know, it, it's clear that you know, 
can't say the owner doesn't doesn't run it properly because he's a businessman and, and that's who it is. But for me, <laughs> football isn't isn't business. You know, it, it, it's a sport. It's it's thing that people love and and and, and want to go and watch and, and want to do this, that, and the other. Um, and yes, obviously it's got an element of business to add it, but you've got to run it as a football club. You know, well, <laughs> long gone. I've got days, maybe, sorry, I've got maybe. you though. Well, all I was going to say is though. The business side of it, Darren, being brought on as a football player, and ultimately, Moyes should not care because every football club is up to sale. You know, if somebody fancied like buying it, us, like yeah. an Arab coming in or a Chinese yeah. outfit, any any even the loyalist of football chairman would turn their head and say, "Okay, it's for sale." So there's never one not for sale. You've got to be honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything is yeah. got its price. Even your footballers as well included. So you may yeah. as well forget that. You might get your most loyalist, like you know, die-hard <laughs> fan who gets to play for his club. But if the price is right or the club decides to sell them, there's very little you can do about it. So yeah. you've got exactly. to move away from from that about what club's profitable, because yeah. we'll never ever get to see much more than the balance sheet. But no. even my own tax returns, my accountant does a few things, and I never know how he arrives at what I pay and what I don't, because yeah. of stuff you add and take away. Forget all of that. Of Them players yeah. out there have been paid a very good wage to do the job yes. they have chose to do, which is a great yeah. one. The managers yeah. took the job. I see this week in, week out. He's took that damn job. He's a football manager. Get on yeah. with it. Well, I'm saying what you haven't got. Have a look what mm. you have got. You've got a young cracking keeper. You've got a yeah. guy who's dedicated to football, knocks in goals with very yeah. little service. And you've got some yeah. other players who performed well under Allardyce and rest you will rest for last season. Yeah. The rest, by the way, Mr. Moyes, you've added for 20-odd million worth of expenditure and yeah. the free people that you chose to bring in for free. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you've been very unlucky with injuries, but forget the chairman. The chairman yeah. doesn't get cross that white line and he cannot run NN no. football that doesn't want to play for the chairman of the club. You, they can mm. sort it down tools. Them players should have pride, respect, and Moy yeah. should be identifying and trading which ones yeah. have got the stomach which for the well and which ones will drop them. Bloody hell, yeah. Andrew, the chairman's irrelevant at this point in the season. It's, uh, you know, it's 10 games left. They should be giving it everything or just exactly. sitting on the bench exactly. and watching exactly. and, and play, play a young kid who's seen let, let me play. That is so, yeah. you know, goodness yeah. me, he's yeah. probably too weak for the Premier League. But you know what it is, if he says, Gaffer, I'm, I'm like, I'm mad for a game. And someone yeah. you can tell doesn't fancy it. The uh, guy that doesn't fancy it is the guy you don't want to be pulling on a shirt on Saturday afternoon. Uh, don't have yeah. him there. Yeah, exactly. So, I agree. I, you, you need, at this moment, it's hard to level people out on my pitch to start the game. Who have the passion, who have the desire to say, you know what? No matter how we play today, I'm going to run through a brick wall today. And I ain't going to stop mm-hmm. running until, you know, until the end of the game. And if I've done all that, and if I've worked my socks off, and if I've done my best, and it still isn't good enough, then I can hold my hands up and hold my head up and walk on the pitch. And so, you know what, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I tell you this, when you come off that, that pitch there, there's not many players ever get booed. I think I see there's a little bit of disgruntled sounds, even in their minds. Yeah. I see this again every week. There's yeah. nobody's back. Like, there's no, and I do take the mick out of the Newcastle fans. We're doing pain sheets. There's no sheet hanging over the, the rails, nah. seeing Moyes out and stuff like that, nah. and, and banner, like banner yeah, for like you know. That's Ashley the thing out. that surprised because I thought, like I don't know what you thought, Darren. Obviously, I get down first, but when you when you watch the game, yeah, were you surprised that the fans? Like I, I must say, I was, you know, we just it just seemed like we're waiting for something. Away from it, and it was like the, the lack of anything 
was quite short. And I must admit, normally the fans, like, you expect the fans to get up the car, you know, like, really get up. Not, like, criticise the players, but yeah. like, really, really make an atmosphere. And you feel like that they've probably been let down over so many weeks that, you know, yeah. Burnley, you can think, well, Burnley are kind of a... You, you never know yeah. what you're going to get with them, but you, I you think... Well, yeah. I think I think from from a fan's point of view, and I, I you know I may be wrong because you know I'm just speaking obviously from how, how I would see it. You know, from 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 back in our day, obviously when, when I was there, um, I think we we hit obviously expectations that you know were probably beyond what everybody thought we were going to do. Uh, you know, we we had we had a few good years. Yeah, we had a, had a few bad years. Um, you know, and inevitable happened, and, and we got relegated. But in those in those good years when we were we were probably punching above our weight if you looked at the squad um, on paper. You know, you would look and think, well, you know, realistically, we shouldn't be just outside of Europe, you know, where, where we are with the squad we've got. But we had, we had a togetherness and we had, a, you know, we had a good working relationship. We were all good mates. We all got on um, and, and we literally kind of lived out of each other's pocket. And I think we had such a good team spirit and such a good camaraderie. That carried us through. You know, as much as obviously, you know, it, it, all the hard work came from Reedy and Sacco, um, you know, and people that were there at the time, Ricky Spurrier, because they they developed us, they brought us on, but they give it, they they instilled that in us, um, and and it, I, I always remember this when we when we beat Chelsea at home four one, we mm-hmm. came in at half time and uh, yeah, fantastic. Well, we came in at half time and we we were all laughing and joking, not laughing and joking in, in, a, in a cocky sense, but thinking, wow, we're, you know, we're four nil up, like what the hell, you know, we're against Chelsea at home, blah blah blah. And I always remember Bobby Saxon, Peter Reid, absolutely railroaded us before we went out for the second half. They were adamant that we did not lose that second half, and we lost it one nil, effectively. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we got a bollock when we came in. Do you know what I mean? Because they, you know, it, bizarrely enough, but yeah. we, it, mm-hmm. fans, fans, fans were very harsh with us when we had when we had bad games. But that's because we 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 had them levels of work rate and commitment, and when we dropped below them. The fans expected us to do better, whereas now I think fans have got to the point now where they kind of expect what's coming out. Well, they do, and I, I think the, the, the initial DM when you see that, you know, like short on his little tracksuit, mm-hmm. I think it's for Do Merchant rather than David Morris. Yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> yeah. so dour at some level. But if it does make you feel any better, I mean, it's quite a few years now. We have forgive you for that second half against Chelsea. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, right now. <laughs> It's down to the gaffer. He he has to like obviously take responsibility. He mm. doesn't talk or beat. He's done my head in since thirty day one. You maybe mm. not listening to the show so much, Dan, but basically I've said when he came in, I was pleased with a swift appointment after the debacle yeah. of Sam leaving. Yeah. I thought, good manager, yeah, team good on paper. I was delighted yeah. that that happened swiftly. And mm. Ellis was very very sharp then. He has given him some money. Doesn't matter what he's doing in his in his boardroom. He's given him some money, and, he's, yeah. and he knew what team he was getting. He knew the setup, yeah. and he, he's a Premier yeah. League manager. Get on with it, Moise. He shouldn't be looking to the chairman. He should be saying, yeah. "I'll prove to the chairman I'm worthy of yeah. some more money to release yeah. to release exactly. the He should know yeah. how to get on. He's done it at Preston mm-hmm. North End and Everton. He didn't go in and have massive checkbooks there. You had to just get yeah. on and, and prove that you are worth the extra yeah. commitment. Yeah. Whereas he seems to have been given a call blanche. There's your salary. Perform mm-hmm. well, you get that salary. Perform rubbish, you get that salary. Anybody yeah. else would have been sacked. I mean, in in the real yeah. world, for performing. And having a bad mm-hmm. weekend, weekend after weekend, in a yeah. factory. Yeah, Gaff out, Jack. Sorry, mate, I've got to let you yeah. go. You've made too many yeah. mistakes. 
you know, exactly. you know, if you're, yeah. if you're making yeah. the Cockermon production line and things are broken mm-hmm. at the end of it, it's just not yeah. about, we've now got 10 yeah. games. Are you surprised, that on the touchline, there's, there's nothing much. <laughs> like, I'm actually, Steve, you know, we look at uh, Bracewell, Paul Bracewell, he, mm. you know, he, again, in the, the engine room of Sunderland, the engine room of Newcastle, it was full mm. on. And yeah. if you don't get one, you should get the other. So if, yeah. you're, if, if you've got Moyes who's not doing anything, well, he's, not, he's not doing anything, he's not, but you would think Paul would come across and say, right, you know, but the thing is, the one thing some have done, have had a guy in that middle of the park who yeah. can knit it all together and make and get the battlers in. Maybe that's why he thought he brought in Darren with Rodwell. Maybe he thought, maybe he thought those two would, would gel and be the heartbeat of the team. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, for me, uh, I, I, you know, I, I look at Moyes and you know, and I think, yeah, you know, he, he's a he's a good manager. You know, we we can't deny that. You know, he's done some good things throughout the thing. But in these in these situations, you know, is he is he the man that's going to drive the team on? Does he have that, that you know that rapport about him where you know you know for a fact he's going to drill the lads? He's up there. You know, he's that. No, you know, we're in a dogfight, and is he going to get us out of it? I don't think so. I don't think he's got that about him. Um, you know, uh-huh. and I look around and I think where where within the ranks do we have that? Do you know what I mean? Where where where's that going to come from? Who who's going to grab somebody by the scruff of the neck and you know and have a have a proper rollup with somebody? It it ain't going to come from from him. You know he's not that type of man, and that's what you need. You know you need. Bruce Wells, not. No, yeah, Bruce is a quiet guy as well. Great great that's coach. It. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic. No, coach, no. Great guy, but he doesn't have that in him. You know he doesn't have the you know the Kevin Ball in him. You know he'll grab you by the throat and, and want to kill you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and you need that, you know, and and that's and that's what we were kind of brought up on, you know, with Reedy and Sacco and Barley, you know, but Barley wouldn't be wouldn't be fighting to grab up, you know, stand up and grab it. And I was the same, you know, I'm that type of person, you know, I'm a fighter, I I want to win. It kills me to lose. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you need you need that within your ranks, you know, whether it's your coaching staff, whether it's your manager, whether it's your players, you need that in your side. And unfortunately, we don't have that. Catamore's got a bit of it, but unfortunately, Catamore's been out for so long. You know, and right. it's difficult. He's not been on the field to, you know, to drive people on, and, and and he does have that thing about him where he can get people motivated and can can, can get people going. You know, people slag him off. You know, he can't. He, you know, he's got he got no pace. He's not got this. But in the heart of that midfield, he can drive oh, people on. And he can get people fight. Yeah, yeah, but we don't Kirk have that. Well. Kirkoff off as a candidate, doesn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. But again, you know, we we bought him on the fact, knowing that you know he could potentially be out and injured. You know, because he does, he does have that tendency to get injured. You know, mm. but unfortunately, you know, he, he, it's been one of those times where he has been injured, isn't it? So it's, it's funny, isn't it? Well, it's not really funny, but when you you see um, Big Sam goes in the, uh, into QPR, sorry, into Crystal Palace, and then you know, the, obviously the players didn't seem to like it, did they? First, but now they've won three games in a row, one nil. Yeah. That's the thing is, if when you look at I think when I think when Sunderland got Moyes, they thought, okay, we're going to get a better version of Big Sam. We're going yeah. to get more more expansive football than what mm. Sam did. But the thing is, with Big Sam, what you've talked about and what he brings, yeah. every Sunderland, you know, Sunderland how mm. they played, the, the you know the the local lads in the team. There aren't many yeah. local lads in that. T- there aren't many local lads in that team. 
who, no. who can get a bit of stuff there. I think, you know, I'm not going to say my thoughts on something like that much, but Pickford's the only one that I know yeah. about. That's right. And actually, my friend might know him, but um, he's not. He's the only one, right, isn't he, Keith? He, he is at that current first team, as you've got a couple yeah, on there who, who started who off yeah. under 23s now, but from starting 11, it is only Pickford, and he's a young lad. Yeah. He's quite vocal, yeah. but he's, he's not in the right position to drive a team. But look, at, no. forget, forget where they're from as well, man. Andrew, here's mm-hmm. the thing. I watched me son play for an under 12s team on a Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. There's this kid who's a centre back, and he's absolutely brilliant. He just mm. he's vocal and he's eleven year old. My son's quite a vocal lad. Surprise, surprise, mm. Andrew. But it, there's a couple <laughs> of vocal lads. But there's a there's a couple of lads who are, are timid, but they're players. They're proper ballers, you know, great with yeah. close control. But the team's made up of of a couple of captains, really. You, and you could yeah. take any one of them off and throw mm. the armband at two or three of them to run the, the, yeah. the defence, hold the line, and do think yeah. There's nobody I'd throw that armband at at the moment, other than Defoe, and Defoe's left isolated up front, so he kind of control mm. the game from where he's at. There's just no. not a single man. And £21.5 million worth of Moises' signings didn't mm. start on, on, on the weekend, and he's brought in two right-backs, and he still plays Billy Jones as well. He, he just kind of yeah. pick a player. I don't think he'd pick a formation, and I, I, mm. he hasn't got a leader no matter what. Whereas I'm seeing even in an under 12s team, I can pick out three or four people who aren't the best footballers, like you mm. just described, Catamol, but he's yeah. a leader. And Moyes hasn't picked one of them. You know, you pick a general, yeah. you, you, you give the man That's... the captain's armband, and you say, yeah. right, you or me out on the pitch, you represent me. Get yeah. us this, get us that, organised when I can't have a word, you know, I'm only yeah. in the technical area, I'm not that far, but when, when I can't speak them, you're me captain, and there isn't yeah. a man to do that. No. You, you you could be given the captain's armband, Darren, in your day, yeah. you would have yeah. been every bit as good as Bawley, you would have stepped uh, in and done whatever. Yeah, not, that's, that's not the one player. You need leaders, mate, and you know, as, as much as you, you know, we all love the, love the flair players, you know, we love the ones who are going to, you know, bend one round, you know, two players and stick it in the top corner and all this, or, you know, pull something out the backside, but you need your leaders at the end of the day, and and, and especially in the situation we're in at the moment, we, we need a lot of leaders, you know, we need people who go, like to say, you know, blood, sweat and tears, you know, roll the sleeves up and think, do you know what, let's have a right go for this today, lads, do you know what I mean, let's go, let's go and give it our shot. Exactly. The thing is, the interesting thing is, if um, Darren, you're, you're doing the under 15s, what's it like? And obviously, you've got Keith, that's got his kids as well. He, he's playing you know, near that age now. So, what happens at that age? Because um, a lot of the time, they're now, they're now coming in with studies that kids, I wouldn't say under 15, but you're not allowed to head the ball because mm. they're, trying to, they're trying to, it's a link to CTE. So, um, as, as a as a parent, like he says, probably as yourself, Karen, mm. what are the boundaries now then? Because you know, it's the fact that we're trying to get people to be more vocal, but to me, yeah. the FA are going the other way. Don't want mm. the family, they don't want the parents involved uh, to to give the kids a hard time to or for the parents to shout and scream. Well, yeah. football to me is about all about that. Yeah, you know, this this is something I was talking about not you know uh, not so long ago with somebody, and you know the the games change and evolve so much at this moment in time, and it, you know like you say you, you know you like, obviously you know I, I've done the 15s at Hartlepool, and, and you know you can't you can't ball and shout at them, you know you, you've got to be constructive, it's got to be like you've got to be like talking to them, but my 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 
my point of view on that was, well, okay, that's fine. So they get up to a certain level, they break into the first team. What happens when the manager goes for him like a dose of salt? You know, and he, he's not used to it. You know, how is he going to take it? How is he going to react? Is he going to sit there? Is he going to bubble? Is he going to cry? You know, because he's not used to it. Unfortunately, you know, throughout, throughout all my younger days, and obviously going through youth level and all this, and then breaking into the first team, if you didn't perform, you, you, you got a bollocking. And you, you took it and you soaked it in. And, you, and, and, and in my head, and in my eyes, I was like, I was thinking, right, okay, you. I obviously can't say the full words, but okay, you. I'm going to go out there and show you, you know, what I can do. You know, and, and it gets you up for a game. But you, because the kids aren't used to that now, it's all, you know, construct. And I understand part of it's got to be constructive criticism. But there's no reason why you can't have a, have a go at somebody. And if it's a younger kid... Yeah, you can have a little bit of a go at them. Obviously, I'm not on about shouting and bawling and, and being in his face, but you've got to, they've got to be able to take that, and they've got to, they've got to be set for, for first team football, you know. And for me, everything's changing now below that. I, Andrew, to be honest, man, I think you need to, to hear where, where you hear them going on about um, shouting from the touchline to some parents, which are unbelievably extreme minded. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's an eye opener. And I run the line some, which I, I get the short straw, you know, because there's some mothers doing with <laughs> yeah. their kids. It's like I, I've got a, a reasonable understanding of the rules better than some parents here, so I, I run the line. But, you know, it's amazing the ridicule you get. You'll get some mother, and I mean, this isn't being sexist, but you get some mother who will avoid the football on TV with yeah. a passion and watch every soap going. But on a Sunday morning, she's all of a sudden <laughs> the expert at, you know, how <laughs> yeah. to defend, how to attack, and how I should uh, be running the line. So it's yeah. that when you see your little tidbits on the TV of what they're cutting down, then you will get some parents hollering. I mean, yeah. I see some managers of some teams, I could name two or three in my son's league now, and I mm. think, God, this bloke's an absolute clown the way he goes on at them, you know. He's yeah. just yelling yeah. and screaming. So I think, Andrew, there is a reason for bringing in rules and guidelines. Now, but yeah. back to what Darren's saying, a bit of firmness, the lads actually love and respect it, and they yeah. dish it among themselves. And let's face it, when there's no parents, no referee, it's what goes yeah. on in a pub, you know, they still manage to, my son spits like a pro now, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so there's things, the real, the real world still does exist, it hasn't been sanitised, I think yeah. it's just this, the, the rear Winston adverts, one of the best ones ever. Uh, you know, where he sees himself, you know, on the touchline and the respect and stuff like that. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of things where it, it's tidying that side up because kids yeah, watch is. all these you know, COD's and they're shooting kids and, and, and you know, this is on the, on the on the PlayStations and stuff. They kind of take that sort of anger out onto a football pitch. No, and we exactly. didn't have that now, idea. So I, I think it's that more than the reality. But our, our first team at Sunderland, they have gave up on heading the ball pretty much now, just ahead of the <laughs> uh, new guidelines. And uh. they're tackling very nice as well, as polite as they can be, you know. They're barely uh. putting a hard tackle in. So <laughs> I think they've threw the line too soon. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's the thing is that when you look at, were you surprised when it came to um, when it came to Middlesbrough that they didn't get rid of Karanka earlier? Because um, the interest, I just thought it was a bit strange that you know they they're going. It's it's funny, isn't it? Some uh, some and Middlesbrough kind of interwine each other. They've always yeah. been the same way. I've never thought mm. some had any goals in them. And it surprised mm. me for many, for a few seasons that we've actually managed to score goals. We've had Millsborough yeah. who've never had any goals in their whole life, even with Bernie mm. Slaven there and all the other players that they've had. But 
that's a, it's 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 quite sad to watch two teams who mirror mirror each other, but they've got a better yeah. kind of a better owner who is prepared yeah. to give Steve Agnew like I I look at Steve Agnew and I think like you said and probably what um, what uh, Keith talked about um, when it comes to passion like you can mm. imagine him in the dressing room couldn't you and those yeah. players on Saturday or Sunday sorry they were fighting for him the players yeah. they seem to have a more an ex- more of an expansive way of playing yeah and again it's assistant manager syndrome isn't it with, when you look at Ranieri the way he was sacked so yeah. It's funny how they all suddenly start to play better than what they had before. Yeah. The another thing, like you, you there are too many points behind, and I think Sunderland are, I think Sunderland are seven points behind. Is that right? Yeah, Sunderland are seven points from safety at the moment, which is you know, which is a, it's a, it's a lot to gain. Obviously, you know, in the situation we're at the moment, um, with with, with Steve, you know, Steve's got that dri- driving ability about, and you know, he's, you know, he, he'll he'll pick people out, he'll have a go at people. Um, you know, some some managers aren't like that to be honest. Um and unfortunately they try and paint over the cracks and you know, you can't do that. I think you you know, you've got to out people, you know, you have got to have a go at people. Um and Steve will do that. Um he's he's got that in him and, and he, he he's got the he's got the ability to to get people to work hard and he's got the ability to get people up for games. Um whereas for me, you know, Frankner again, you know, I was Similar, similar type, probably person to Moyes. You know, looks really quiet. Doesn't probably really say much. Um, you know, and doesn't have that northeast blood and thunder in him. Mm. Yeah, well, the thing is with Borough, though, I, I thought they might have done it slightly sooner. Agnew was a cracking player for us ahead of your time, as yes. it happens. But he was a decent player. He had a very, it was a hand injury at finished his time with us. But good yeah, player. And then yeah. you watch. You, you I came on from at Arsenal, didn't I? <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I came oh, on at Ivory oh. away because he broke his wrist. I used to, ah, I used to never travel in with Steve. From yeah, right. I used to travel in with Steve and I got on really well with him. And, right. and obviously, nice fortunately for me, obviously he broke his wrist in that game, but unfortunately for him, you know, it's not the kind of it's not the kind of thing you want to come on on a in, make your debut on, you know, when your mates just come off with a broken wrist. Um, you know, and I, I felt a little bit, obviously felt a little bit gutted for him um, at the time but obviously that you know that that kind of you know was a stepping stone for me getting in the side really which happens to all that people as well so you know you yeah. get great when it comes however but it was it was noticeable on Sunday you watched him when they got the goal back he was yeah. jumping around he was absolutely yeah. going berserk now the good thing was Karanka had him as his like right hand man or in his coaching staff yeah. anyway so he was a good man to have whereas like you said Bracewell's quiet as a coach crack and play yeah. by the way can't do anything yeah. but he no, hasn't no. got it, it's not like good guy bad guy with, with uh, Moyes no. and Bracewell but Agnew you know you can see that there was unrest in, in the Middlesbrough dressing room definitely was showed last year and it must have still never maybe never ever went away you know um, yeah. so it was a great choice I think if they'd done that a couple of uh, games earlier the players might well Given him yeah. what we were talking about earlier on, that Sunderland need they need to give it yeah. all for the manager, and I think they might well have given it for Steve. But yeah. I think it's a little bit too late. We've got a game in hand of them, but I think we're both. Then when that rearranged fixture comes, we'll both yeah. be looking at uh, the drop. I, I would, I would believe. I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, that yeah. that was a bit too late for me for Borough, like you know. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think they've held it off too long. To be I agree with you on that definitely. Um, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that game comes sooner, and you know we, 
we end up obviously going going hell for leather in the six pointer. Um, you know, because you know that had, Sorry, that was a six that was a nine pointer on Saturday and they yeah. and they couldn't and they couldn't get up for it. No, well you know, it's for me you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't you know, I don't think there's that there's any any of that drive in there to get mm. to get the players up for it and you know, yeah. This is what I don't get. Um, you know, from and surely, you know, if your manager can't get your, yourself you up for it, surely as a player, you know, you can get yourself up for it. You, yeah, you have a little pact among the lads and see how well let's go this. Yeah. Look at and, yeah. Andrew, I'm, I'm going to dip out here, but this is mm. one last thought, me positive thought about Moyes, right? Yeah. He might well have been a world champion. You know the game Chicken when you were a kid used to run, run yeah. across the road and wait? He might be trying to take us as close to the brink as we've ever been and then save mm. with and then yeah. think, hey, what a legend. He could just be playing a game with Wall, you know, he might actually yeah. be much better than what I think, but I think he's just a pale for me. He's not the man for my club, definitely not. He yeah. just hasn't no. got it. No. No. Just, I no, can't no, imagine no, taking no. him down. I don't know what it is about something, but in Moyes, to me, if he takes him down, well, I can't imagine where he's going to go next because I don't think so, there'll be many Some fans want him to rebuild to get back. Oh, goodness me, I don't know what they've been watching, but... Not the same matches I'm watching. No. Right, fellas, look at Darren. Great no attack on you, fella. Thank you, mate. You. Hope you're doing no well. Problem. See you, Andrew. Catch you next time, hey, fella. Take no, care, mate. Take care, mate. Cheers. Bye, kid. That's the thing, isn't it? In, I think when it comes to your coaching now, have, have yeah. you, like, obviously I'm bringing in um, one of my regular guests, uh, uh, Steve Hasty. Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Um, good evening, Steve. How are you? Evening, guys. Very well, thank you. Hello, mate. All yeah. right, then. Uh, it's, it's, isn't it interesting, Steve, when, when you hear about... Obviously, Darren's now Hartford's under-15 coach and how, how the, the kids are having to be protected in different ways now. But when it comes to football, um, you have to have that aggression. So it, it's, it's weird. Like, obviously, you've got the, the, the parents at the weekend going nuts and all that stuff. But it, it's been... They're trying to sanitise football and as Darren's... And kids have already said tonight, it's all about getting in there, getting those players up and running, getting the you know even if it means fighting with each other, and then you watch Sunderland, and you know you, they've always escaped every single season when Newcastle have gone down, and now you, you they're basically going down without any any fight in them, and the fact that the kids are coming through, um, are being told you know that they're being sanitised, it's it's going to be a hard situation for for Sun and it because they will go down and um you know in the comeback thing it's it's not like Newcastle in a way because at least Newcastle you know had a a manager that's really well thought of and surprised everybody by coming up but taking over Newcastle got relegated with Sun and they're going to be it sounds like they're, they're going to be cutting the half half and half house. I, I think the, I think what you've got is you you, you get. The, like in junior football as in senior football a lot of the it's how you channel that aggression it's it's how you it's it's how you you bounce off the off the coach um it's what you're getting from the coach in terms of the guidance and how he wants to play the game um you know and there's there's an awful lot more to 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 coaching as we know there's an awful lot more to junior football than than people imagine um uh, you know i, I think Taking on a, an under 15s role must be it must be challenging. It must be fantastic as well. Um, I'm, I've, I've take me hat off to you. I, I coached 
people a lot younger than that when when I was uh, looking after some schoolboy football many many years ago. Uh, and I know how difficult it can be uh, when you've got parents on the line who want to uh, to to really sort of bring a downer on the opposition, not so much on their own team, but more on the opposition. I had a, a couple of issues down at games with, with myself and my colleague. And uh, I think when you when you get under 15s level, you're, you've got a, a completely different contrasting in sizes of kids. You've got lads who are 15 who look 18. You've got lads mm-hmm. who are 15 who look 12 or 13. You know, and but it, it it's how you want to play that game, isn't it, Darren? You know, how you yeah. want... What you want a channel from your team, yeah, you want them to be nah. controlled. You don't yeah. want aggression as in going out and kicking and hurting people. No. You want because you don't want it back for a start. No, but you want yeah. you want them to be you want them to be tough. You want them to understand yeah. what a fifty fifty challenge is because if they're exactly. not they're gonna get hurt yeah. themselves. Yeah, I mean I you know, it's it's controlled aggression, you know, that's what you want to get over to. Um, you know, and, and from the manager's point of view, you know, it's you know, you work on your man management skills. You know, you know, you know a player who you can absolutely railroad and go through, and you know, and he'll get he'll get wound up, but to the point where he'll get wound up and he'll go out there and he'll give you he'll give you twenty, thirty, forty percent more. You know, and you know your players that you've got to have a little dig at, but give them a bit of, a bit of a cuddle and a bit of constructive criticism because not all players are the same. You know, and as a manager, you know that's one of your big. You know, your, if you if you've got that man management skill within you, you know, you, you you you'll do well and you'll get a lot out of your players. But if you haven't, if you just paint over the cracks, if you just go along with it, you know, and, and you, you don't out people, you don't out the ones you need to out, you don't get into the people that you know for a fact is going to wind people up and, and get the, get the, get them up for a game. And I don't mean wind up in a sense where they're going to say, oh, well, I'm not doing anything for you. I mean, get to the point where they say, right, I'm going to go out there and prove a point. You know, it's all them skills that, you know, you've got you've got to imply and you've got to use. But for me, there's a lot a lot of managers now who just, just paint over the cracks, you know. it's And it's the same, you hear the same thing every week. week you know, it's, it's the same excuses. There's, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. The players going out there and not working their socks off and not you know not doing the bit. Um, and there's no excuses for a manager not to get wound up, not to get passionate on the sideline. Yeah, because when you see the, the big, even Guardiola, you watch him, he, God, that bloke's non-stop. And, the, yeah. you know, you look at, I suppose you look at Jurgen Klopp as well. They're both kicking yeah. every single ball. With exactly. David Moyes, he's not yeah. kicking every ball. It's obvious. No. No. You look at look at look at Pulis at West yeah. Brom. Yes. Uh, there's a man who who knows exactly what he wants from players. He's a man who takes yeah. no nonsense in the dressing room. Um, yeah. he, he handles players in the way that he wants to handle them. And and you know, by God, if you cross him, I would imagine. Um, but he has a style of football. It doesn't suit everybody. It doesn't suit you know. It, it, it's a sort of style of football which will get him so far, but won't get him to the next next degree. But he's successful in terms of what he does. He he he, he gets teams. Uh, you look at the way West Brom are playing at the moment. That you know that they, they play a decent football. Stoke they played a certain style of football. It does. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it keeps teams where they where they where their ambitions lie. And I would imagine in West Brom's case, West Brom are now happy that they're going to be staying in the Premier League for another season. Yeah. And now they yeah. can whether they whether they can push on and whether they can challenge for a European spot, who knows? Mm. But yeah. you know that but there's there's one manager. You look at the, then again a different sort of pressure that 
that Conte has brought in at Chelsea um, yeah. and the way that he's taken to, to the Premier League, which is a breath of yeah. fresh air in terms of the style yeah. of football he's playing again. Um, so you're right, Darren. Different styles, yeah. different managers that bring different yes. skills and attributes. Yeah. But it Definitely. depends on what quality the players that they've got among them and how they bring that quality out, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, of course it does. Definitely. You know, and, and like you say, you know, there's different styles. But you know, if you've got a manager and a coach who were, who were very similar, you know, you're struggling. You know, you you, you need at least one of you to have that grit and bite to to not be scared and not, not be yeah. Being, to, yeah to 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 get laid into players. You know, unfortunately and. And, you know, you, you cannot really see that at this moment. Yeah. If, if, you, know, if it, you look back looks... on your career, Darren, if you look back yeah. on your career, now, which managers then would you say um, you now look at as you're running teams and thinking, that's, I've, got a lo- I've got a bit of him in me, yeah, um, or I want to have a bit of that in me? Is, yeah. is, is, is there certain ones? Do you, do you look at it that way, or do you think, well, yeah, I'm better no, than I, that, I look at you know? You know, I, mean, I mean, you know, Bobby Saxon and Peter Reid, you know, fantastic. You know, I learned a hell of a lot from them. Um, you know, Mick McCarthy, yeah, you know, a tough manager, but also had the other side to it as well. Um, you know, you know, I, I, you go through different different things. You know, I once I was when I was at Gainsborough, um, Brian Little uh, was manager there. Brian Little, obviously fantastic manager, you know, great at pro level, non-league level, struggled a little bit. You know, struggled, and yeah. I think you know, and, and he would probably turn around and say that himself, hold his hands up. And for me. I, you know, I, I had a conversation with him one day, um, obviously just just me and him, and I said, Brian, you're too soft. You're too yeah. soft. I said, I would sooner you come in to the dressing room and absolutely lay into me if I'd had a bad game or lay into me if I'd done something wrong. I said, but you come in and you talk about it, yeah, which is fine, but I said, I would sooner you come in, lay into me, and then we can talk about it. You know, then you can you can give me that cons- constructive side. You know, like Alex Ferguson, isn't it? He knew when yeah, he knew to bring it in, dish it out. Yeah, exactly. You know, for me at this moment in time, um, you know, it looks like week in, week out, we're playing with fear. You know, and that element needs to be taken away. You know, you've got to be able to step into a game and play that game as confident as anything. You know, regardless of where you are in the league, regardless of what the result was the week before, the week before that, and just say, Do you know what? Fresh start, go out there, lads full of thunder, let's go and get the win, you know, give us everything you've got, blah, blah. but it looks like we're waiting, we're waiting to get beat week in, week out. Do you think that, when, do you think when things are happening around the club, for example, you know, you're, you're hearing at Sunderland that people are, are being made redundant, that, you know, that there's cuts happening, and people are thinking, you know, the club themselves are preparing themselves for yeah. relegation, and we're only in... You know, this this was at the beginning of February, you know, and you're yeah. thinking, dear me, what what yeah. on earth? And that must spin off on some of the players who are immediately looking it, it, and thinking, you know what? Yeah, it does. There's something definitely. happening here. There's something not yeah. right. I'm not comfortable. Yeah, yeah it, it does. It does, and it infects. You know, it's infectious, and it goes around the club. You know, and as a player, you you're aware of it. You know, you know there's stuff going on in the background. You you know, and then in the mindset, you know, everybody starts talking. Everybody everybody starts thinking of why. You know, are we preparing to go down? You know what I mean? You know, what's the situation? Are the, are the club just happy to go down? Do they want to go down and then try and rebuild? You know, what's what's the situation going to be? You know, it, it's the same. You know, we, we, we had a conversation um, the other week and it was regarding chopping and changing managers all the time because a manager comes in, he has his own philosophy in football, you know, he how he wants to play it. So that filters down throughout the club. 
you know, so yeah. if I was doing the under 15s, my I, I would be taking off what the first team are doing. So I would be saying, right, this is how we're going to set. Up. We, the manager wants to play, you know, four four two, or he wants to play four five one, and this is how this is how we're going to play because obviously we're preparing you for when you get there. And then obviously yeah. the change of manager again, so the philosophy changes. You know, so it's it's the, the structure all goes completely. So it's like it's like building something and then knocking it down a year or two later, and then building, trying to build something again, and then knocking it down because he's he's up the staff. You know, you need a bit of consistency in there, but unfortunately we haven't had that. So if you look, at, you know, there's not been a, a, a conveyor belt of people of young lads coming through the system. You know, when you get a, you get a big team. club. Yeah, you get a club like Barcelona though, who go the other way, where they have a style of football and they find yeah. a manager, and that yeah, manager is brought in to play that style of football. Yeah. So they, exactly. they already have the style, and the manager yeah. has to adapt to that. Or to he adapt, need to to adapt that. to it because it, no. it's basically that is what he's what what he he's just needs to implement that. He, yeah, and that's how exactly he yeah. fits yeah. he fits the mould that they're looking for, yeah. as opposed to the other way around. You know, yeah. and maybe that's where perhaps something that we we haven't picked up yet from. Um, yeah. In in the UK or in in, in in the English Football League or in the, exactly. in the Premier League, you know, yeah, um, how how the clubs are structured themselves, it must be difficult um, yeah. to change. And yeah, I would imagine, you know, yeah. clubs like Hartlepool and and yeah. you know, they they maybe try to do that, but again, yeah. the pressure is on staying in the league, isn't it? You know, of course it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. That's the reality because they can't really go out and out and bring in. Like most of Hartlepool's team, are, are they local lads? I presume. No, I mean they're not all local lads. To be quite honest, um, you know there's there's a, there's a fair few obviously from 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 outside the area and such. Mm. But you know, for me, you know, obviously I've been at Hartlepool and uh, under under you know different managers, you know, i.e. coaching the coaching the lads and 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 the philosophy does change. You know, it does change, and they 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 tend to change how the manager wants to play. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it's difficult when you when you're chopping and changing all the time. You know, it really is. You know, for for it, it, don't get me wrong, it's great for for an individual player to learn different systems and that. But if you're if you're thinking saying to him, right, we're going to play out from the back, and then all of a sudden, mm. three months later or six months later, you say, right, we're not doing that now. We're going to play mm. forward. You know, it's it, it, it's just unsettlement. You know, it just doesn't. You know, you don't get a chance to bed in with the kids of what what they want to do and, and where they want to go. I want to where they want to go. I think. Like you, you know, like you said there, as a club, you need a philosophy of football, and that's the style you're going to play. You know, and as a manager, I think you should be able to adapt to that style. You know, as a player, you're asking the whole club to change. You know, so if if a club can set like the Barcelona have, if a club can set that and say to the manager, look, this is the style of football we want to play. As a manager, you should be able to do that because you're a single individual. But when you're trying to change a whole club to say, right, we're changing a different style now, then you know it's very difficult. I was going to ask actually, you know, when, when, a, when a new manager comes in, like how long have you now been the uh, manager of the under 15s? No, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm currently actually looking for looking for a full-time position in a club now. So I've kind of like because it was part-time and it really got too um, much. I've, I've kind of stepped away from it now. Um, but I am looking for a full-time position, you know, back in football somewhere. Well, you know, Steve uh, Wraith. I work with Steve Wraith. He's doing, yeah. he's doing quite. I don't know if you spoke to him, but. Um, he's, he's an agent as well, so yeah, yeah. I, I'll talk I know, to him. <laughs> I know of Steve, yeah. So, so if you ask, if you if you speak to him, you can drop me a name. In. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. As soon as yeah. I finish this, I will be. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, I'm I'm going to have to shoot off. I, I yeah, do apologise. I need to shoot off. If that's okay. Yeah, 
No, no, Tom, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and be in touch and, and take care. And obviously, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come back on again soon. Okay, thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. It, it, good, good lad, isn't he, Darren? You know, he, he's hard work. He's got lots of passion. He's, and that's the thing is, he's bringing it through everything he's done. But I was just about to ask that question when the manager gets the bullet from the, you know, the top spectrum of it all. Um, you know, do, do, when when the new one comes in, does it, you would think a new manager would come in, Steve, and say, right, okay, across the board, we're going to play like this under all levels. It doesn't seem to happen that way, does it? Oh, I think it, I think it does happen, but I think that uh, you have to look at the personnel and you have to look at the fact that, you know, can those can those coaches adapt? Can does he need to make calls and changes throughout the club? Can the players adapt? Um, is is the is the talent there to be able to do that? And there's an awful lot of a lot of things that get brought into the equation when it comes to you know changing styles of football. I mean, we we know that Rafa plays uh, with a one striker. You know, you look mm-hmm. back in his history, and he's always he's always had that one main man. Um, he's, he's, you know, you look at Liverpool, he had Torres. You know, you look at other clubs that he's played. Uh, he's, he's tried to bring in that sort of four-two-three-one uh, style of, of, of football to, to whatever he's tried to, to bring. And whether or not it, whether it comes off because he's got the personnel or not, who knows? Newcastle, I think you know we're, we're looking at it and thinking, well, everybody said, why is he not playing two strikers? Why is he not playing two strikers? Perhaps he's looking at what he's got and he's thinking, well, you know, I need to have the three behind him. To, to protect what I've got in my back four, you know, to protect the wingers, or I need to, I need to keep it solid to protect the two centre backs, uh, you know. So I'm always going to play those two deep holding men, and, and so it goes on. So you, that you know, Rafa is very much, uh, you know, he's not a horses for courses man in, in that respect. Although he does chop and change the personnel, mm-hmm. uh, the individuals within it to suit certain games, and I think he also has the. In his own mind, he has a bit of a rotation policy that uh, that he that he adopts just to uh, to keep the you know the, the the players motivated to keep them fit. Um, it, it it's a difficult one, but uh, I mean getting on to Newcastle and Rafa mm-hmm. and to think about the game that we had on uh, on Saturday. I mean, when you look at the results around us, it actually worked out fantastic for us, you know. Uh, we picked up a point, and that point, that one solitary point that we got on Saturday when the, uh, the Brighton and, and Huddersfield, obviously the night before, failed, uh, that could prove vital for us as, as, as we're running out of fixtures and they're all playing each other, you know. Um, Leeds, you know, taking points off Sheffield Wednesday and doing a nice little sort of... South Yorkshire battle that's taking place there, and over who's going to manage to get into the playoffs, uh, or whether Leeds can sustain a little bit of a run and 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 push Huddersfield um, for a third spot or even a second spot. Who knows? Um, I'm just hoping, and I, I think that could that was when you look at it uh, after, after in the cold light of day, if you like, after the disappointment of of not beating uh, Birmingham, and you think. Didn't beat them, but it's a point gained against everybody else in one less game, you know. Yeah, it was interesting actually. If, obviously, Lee uh, Johnson's on the on the line uh, at the moment. He, he actually went to the game on Saturday, and the one thing I'm going to ask ask him uh, because we're talking. I know he uh, brought up Lee, uh, Scott Fenwick, your cousin uh, Lee, with with, with uh, things Darren Williams, but unfortunately, obviously, time cut out and he had, he had to leave. But 
Um, when that, as Steve said, when it came to Newcastle getting that draw on the weekend, I must admit, you probably could tell on social media, everybody was like, oh God, come on, get the goal, get the goal, get the goal. And it's, it's, it's when people actually take a step back and wait for the other results to come in. Like, obviously, Leeds beating, um, beating Brighton. Like, like Steve said, it was a, a great result, but you were at the match. Um, were you frustrated by the, the, way, the way we were playing or um, the team selection? Give us your thoughts because um, it's an interesting question because a lot of people were dissatisfied, but on the back end of it, it looks like a, a really good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get the dissatisfaction with the team because ultimately, Kieran Clark's injured. So he had to play Hanley. Um, Dondo Shelby was ill. Well, he could have played in Bemba, but he's not played in Bemba all this season. And Grant Hanley's never let Newcastle United down when he's come in. So, in the game, you know, we kept a clean sheet. So, the selection of Hanley, there was no problem with that. Um, I'm glad Mbemba's available because it gives us alternative options at a time when we're needing players at the moment for injuries. Shelby was ill all week, so he couldn't play. And Dwight Gale's trying to find his fitness again. Uh, trying to find his sharpness. So, in terms of the team selection, there was, there was nothing wrong with it. We were never in danger in losing that football match. It was just a case of... He, he, he's very pragmatic in terms of his approach, Andrew. He will, yeah. away from home, certainly, he'll look to keep you in a match as long as he possibly can. And he did look at his bench, and he looked at Astor, and he looked at Shelby, and he looked at Gale, and thought, if we're, still, if we're still in this football match, and it's still tight, and I haven't got a goal... I'll hide these lads on with 20 minutes to go, and that's exactly what he did, and tried to win the football match, but over the 90 minutes, <laughs> um, when, the, when the game finished, Andrew, well, just before the game was going to finish, 85 minutes, Birmingham City's uh, stadium announced, uh, announced their goalkeeper's man of the match. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you all you need to know. Um, and we got a perfectly good goal ruled out as well, it was right in front of me. I looked at the linesman straight away when I went in the net. Um, he had his flag down, he didn't put it up, so at that point I started to bounce around because I thought, chum in, go! Um, and then I looked back up and he's got his flag up, and he only put his flag up so on the basis that the Birmingham City players started to appeal. And then he still had, then he still had, the, had a chat with the referee, so you could tell he wasn't certain. Um, so I, I just thought he, he ruled that because he, uh, he thought it might be a foul on the goalkeeper. No, never a million years. It was offside. They give offside. Mm. But even before the game, Andrew, regardless of Brighton's results, because Huddersfield lost the night before, Mm. any point that Newcastle picked up on Saturday was good. It didn't matter. Brighton's result result in reality is kind of is irrelevant. It's the team that's in third place. We've got to keep the gas through. I don't care for goal champions. I really don't care. <laughs> we set up we we set out this season to do one thing, and that was get promoted. And if Newcastle get promoted with Brighton, let's see. I believe that if Mike uh, if Mike Ashley backs Rafa Benitez and Rafa Benitez is Newcastle manager next year, Newcastle United will do better than Brighton in the Premier League, even if Brighton finish champions. Yeah, I, I, what do you think, Steve? I it's a good point you just brought up when it comes to uh, Brighton. Um, to me, I look at Brighton and I think Middlesbrough because they're not score goals in the Premier League. What do you think, Steve? Uh, I know what you mean. Middlesbrough didn't play the most dynamic football last mm-hmm. season. I think Brighton played a little bit of a better side of football than Borough played last season. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, if you were looking at anything, you would say Brighton are more of a Norwich when they went up a couple of seasons ago, but then they came straight back down again. Um, that, 
and there's a there's a lot lot to be said for playing flashy flamboyant football, um, but whether you've got the ability to roll your sleeves up and 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 graft and win a game and. Brighton have done well all season, but all of a sudden they've, they've sort of, you know, they've lost a couple of games where you think, you know, they should have, they should have, if they if they had any aspirations, then they should be there or thereabouts. But then again, you could say exactly the same about us. Um, I suppose the the other the other look at the way to look at it is there could be a Bournemouth, and they could come up and uh, they could surprise everybody, and they could they could settle and, and they could establish themselves for a couple of seasons in the league, you know, um, but. Bournemouth again. You look in the Premier League, and Bournemouth are struggling now. Uh, struggling to get results, um, and you know it's it's not the it's it's not the sort of well done Bournemouth. You're doing fantastic that we had at the beginning of the season, uh, and the back end of last season. It seems to be very much a oh, hang on a minute, there's something going on here. They're, they're, you know they're not getting the they're not getting the rub of the green, or they're not getting the results, or they're, they're struggling because their squad's not big, good enough or strong enough. You know. Um, yeah. But they've got a bit of fight about them, haven't they? You know, and they've got mm-hmm. King who's scoring goals at the moment, which uh, is great for them. But I think when you've got a player who's putting the ball in the back of the net, then you're, you're in with a chance. Um, Murray seems to have gone off the boil at, at, mm-hmm. at Brighton. Um, in the same way, <laughs> coincidentally, that Gale has been picking up injury and then and not scoring the goals for Newcastle. You know, um, I, I, I hear what what Lee's saying about about Saturday, and I agree wholeheartedly that. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not bothered whether we go up first or second. I just want to go up, you know, um, and and we'll be happy with that. If you go up champions, great. Go up second, hey, you still go up. What I would really worry about would be a playoff. Although having said that, yeah. if you can get the playoff final, the game is away from home, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, plus you, the, the other something you mentioned was the Rafa situation. It doesn't to me. It doesn't matter if we go up. The the, the big the big elephant in the room is always going to be. And it's interesting, actually, that a couple of people I know quite well are now coming out um, and saying, um, like, I think we're, I think last week we talked about the fact that um, uh, Lee Charnley and Rafa started talking, well, I think it's been an ongoing situation with regards to um, bringing players in the next season. Um, because, you know, the feel, to me, the feel, the feel good factor is only as good as as long as where we end up. Um, even today, um, we hear about the um, they're not looking to extend. Um, I think I think you mentioned this before, Steve. But uh, they're not looking to. They're going to extend the. They're going to put buildings on top of the, the metro, so there's yeah. there's going to be no room for um, increases the capacity at Newcastle. Um, I, I also that you know you got like, what's your thoughts on that, Lee? Before I get to Steve's, uh, we, is it a surprise that that he wouldn't try and uh, extend the ground to you, or and are you worried about Rafa leaving? Because a lot of things are pointing to that direction. Even though it's nice to hear that um, Lee Charnley and um, uh, you know and Rafa are talking, but it's the it's the million. It'll be. When the season finishes, and I hope it obviously finishes it was with us being back in the Premier League, and can I just say, please don't, please nobody talk about the playoffs because I'll fly to Orlando the day of the playoff final. So if that happens, I'll be absolutely dying on a flight, crying one that I'm not at Wembley, and thinking what the hell's going on at Wembley. Mm-hmm. So didn't we want to talk about the playoffs? It's got me absolutely sick, worried. <laughs> 
No, and Rafa, as for Rafa, um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I thought everything was, I thought the club had made big changes in the summer. Mm-hmm. Communication, everything was good, little things, little tweaks. Then January came, um, I did kind of agree on if the club didn't push an extra two million on Townsend just on the basis of his volume should not have mm-hmm. creased, uh, increased since he left Newcastle United. It should have decreased, if anything. Um so I did, I did kind of agree with the club on that, but um, I'm, we yeah, don't know I, what I, we don't. We don't. I, 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 of course, I'm a little bit concerned. This is Mike Ashley, and as, as I've repeated on here many times, uh, Andrew, this is a, this is a guy who appointed Joe Kenny not once but twice. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I am always going to be concerned about Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley has somehow Rafa Benitez decided to come and take over Newcastle United, um, and Mike Ashley and. and and he come and work for this club. Mike Ashley needs to realise, pretty much like when he brought Kevin Keegan back, um, what he's actually got here. He needs to go out into the town. He needs to he needs to experience the area before match day. It's buoyant. It's bouncing. The place. Everyone wants to go to the match. Everyone wants to go to the match. Yes, there's a little bit of nerves creeping in this moment in time. But this, if Mike, if Mike Ashley interferes and Rafa Benitez walks away, that's 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 his end game. That's it. It's done dusted. The reason why people like me, Dad, have been asking, have been were ringing us at the start of the season, saying, "Oh, I might get a season ticket back. I might get a season ticket back." It's because of Rafa Benitez. It's because of Rafa Benitez. That stadium would be nigh. That, that stadium this season would be nigh on. I reckon 30, 30, 35,000 and we would be. I think we'd be struggling worse than Villa because you know the rot. The rot had set in. Rafa Benitez, for some reason, decided to come and take over Newcastle United. And that gave me that gave the fan base massive hope because we've got a man who one knows what he's doing, and also it's not just little things that he knows what he's doing. Andrew, he integrated himself into the society. You know, he's had a little look at the culture. He's looked at the area. He did that at Liverpool. He engaged with he engaged with his fan base. He brought the fan base. He brought the fan base and the club back together, which was absolutely just it was like a broken marriage. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. So if Mike Ashley's got any business sense, because a successful Newcastle United. Well, absolutely shit money. Um, if he's got any business sense, he will leave him alone because who is Mike Ashley really going to attract better than Rafa Benitez? Nobody is there. No? <laughs> Nobody. Obviously, Steve, you'll reply to that because I've got a, I've got a, The thing is, the worst thing for me happened this week, last week, sorry, when... Um, I'll, obviously, Steve can talk first and, and then I'll bring in my little bit. Go ahead, Steve. What, what's your thoughts on my... What I've said and what's Lee said. Ah, he's absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on, Lee. I mean, that, that's what uh, that's what we're all worried about. We're all worried that there's there's something going on in the background that uh, is going to jeopardise the whole uh, revolution, if you want to call it anything. Um, and it would be absolute and sheer madness to interfere to the point where they're not going to back Rafa and Rafa walks. Um, and that's the only, that's what would happen. I mean, we're, we're here and uh, you know, I was at the fans forum and uh, the club, you know, it was, it was uh, pointed out that, you know, people are under contract and, you know, that, that finger was pointed, I'm sure, as, as much at Rafa as anybody else. I think it was also pointed out that um, at Graham Carr and, uh, you know, said that, you know, contracts are looked at, we expect you to honour contracts um, I just wonder whether Graham Carr 
how many years has he got left? Um, because I think the big issue is is between Rafa and Graham Carr, and it's the role that Rafa wants to have in terms of transfers, and what Graham Carr thinks is his role, um, and whether it's a, a clash that you have there, whereby, for example. Graham Carr thinks a certain certain style of football should footballer should be brought into Castle, but Rafa, being the manager and the coach, um, doesn't want that type of player. He wants a, a, a different type of striker or a different type of, of midfielder, and and you immediately have a clash there. Unless they're both on the same wavelength um, and they're both identifying and they're both talking about the same players, the same style of players, and the, and, and the both and you know that. that Graham Carr understands what he said. Rafa's been sending them out to find. Um, but if he's being undermined, if, if Rafa's being undermined because he's being handed, you know, he's handed the dossier over of what he's wanting them to go out for, and they're coming back with totally different types of player, then you know something has to give. And quite frankly, when it comes to Newcastle United, um, the, the person who has to go would be Graham Carr. You wouldn't get rid of Rafa just because. Yeah, Graham Carr thinks a different style of football I should be coming into the Cass United I think there's, there's a lot of things going on isn't it because when I, when, I know when Lee Ryder came out with that story uh, plus he went on video as well and uh, Chris Wall uh, when he mentioned Mitrovic if Alexander Mitrovic is being, is being thrown at us to say he is not going to be sold well, honestly, I was livid when I heard that anyway, because I know damn well that Mitrovic is not part of Rafa Benitez's his Newcastle United future. He's, he's not. Full stop, he's not. You don't have to be a, a mind reader to understand the reason why he's not playing him. He's going to bring him on. He, he will play him, to bits and bobs, to the end of the season. But when that came out, I was shocked by the reaction. Nobody actually, I think probably only me, me actually realised it. But... He came out and he says, oh, he's staying. And I'm thinking to myself, well, who would say that? And the only person who wanted him brought in the first place was Graham Carr. Who, who uh, said he was staying? Who said he was staying, Andrew? Uh, Lee, Lee Ryder came out and said, um, uh, they're not going to sell Mitrovic. He's part of their... Uh, yeah, yeah, part of the, yeah, it's easy for a journalist to come out and just say nobody's leaving. You know, but he obviously would have got that from somebody, Lee. Things change because that's... Did they ask, did they ask, if they ask Rafa Benitez the direct question, he's going to say everyone's important at this particular moment in time. Exactly. It didn't come from Rafa Benitez. I know, but, but, but <laughs> he, he ultimately is the man who, he's only in control of the team and in control of what kind of, kind of goes on within that team. Lee Ryder saying, Lee Ryder says a lot of things I read, Andrew, and thinks, <laughs> yeah, way I. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, they've got papers, they've got inside tracks, but mm. do they really know what's 100% going on? You know, you know, you, you, you kind of... And you wouldn't yes. sell it unless a, a, a big bid came in. They see, see a lot of things, Andrew. The papers yeah. see a lot of things. A I lot think of things. That just worries me, because I think if, if somebody from the club is coming out and saying that he's not leaving, full stop, uh, he's part of... Like, I, I think um, when it comes down to... Like, when it comes to Mbemba, for, for instance, Lee and Steve, we look at Mbemba, there's a, a train of thought, isn't it, that Mbemba is more more suited to the Premier League than what he is to the Championship. And he, could, he, he, he made an observation, didn't he, in the week, that he's going to fight for his place, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
and I actually did think it, at one stage, well, he might play with, he might play in, in midfield, but to me, I, is does it does it make much sense if somebody's not good enough to play in the championship? Um, to me, it doesn't mean he's going to automatically he's going to be playing in in the Premier League. It doesn't make much sense, does it, Steve? Well. You look at what Rafa did. Rafa went out in the, in the close season mm. and he bought Grant Hanley. Yeah. Grant Hanley was a captain at Blackburn. He was yeah. used to this league. Mm. But what we ended up with was we ended up with, with Clark, uh, Kieran Clark coming into the squad. Who was the rival, and, yeah. and, and had played out of his skin. Yeah. That's only left to one position. And right up until this moment in time, Kieran Clark has been a, a, the first choice because he's remained fit and he's and he's performed. He shows the cells as his captain. Yes, he's had the guts to drop the cells at certain points. Mm. Uh, at one point, he said he had rested them, and at that point, it was obviously being dropped because he'd had an absolute stinker of a game. But he's the captain. So you've got two players who've remained relatively fit and we've been winning away from home, and you know they've been putting performances in. Whether or not you feel as though Individually, perhaps the cells, uh, some of his performances haven't been that great, and I, I personally don't think they have. But whether they've been that bad that he's going to be dropped, and then you end up with Mbemba going away at the African Cup of Nations, and Rafa knew he was going to be heading off. And I think at the start of the season, he was carrying an injury to begin with. So you put all those factors together, you can only pick 11 players <laughs> on the day. Um, you can only pick two central defenders, unless <laughs> it's with his style of football anyway. Yeah, and, and and then you throw into the equation into the equation Paul Dummett, who the other day he played, uh, he moved him across and played him as centre half when Hanley was on the bench, and when Clark went off, I expected Hanley to come on and he didn't. Uh, you know, he, he shoved Dummett across and he brought somebody in to play fullback. So, you know, it, it, it's horses for courses. He looks, Rafa looks at the, the team that he's playing. He he. he Weighs it up. He looks at the opposition. He weighs up where the weaknesses are and the strengths. I remember that in, early in the season when we played Brighton, and I was lucky enough to meet him after the match, and he explained us to us some of the the uh, reasoning why, we, for example, we didn't see Mbemba, who was playing in that particular game, pushing on, because even though he liked Mbemba pushing on, he he looked at the the fact that Brighton had two flying wingers in the team at the time. I think I've mentioned this before, and he said that they that if Mbemba had pushed on, that would have exposed the three who were left at the back who he personally felt weren't good enough to be able to handle the, the pace of the two flying wingers that Brighton had and the striker that had on the pitch at the time. And he yeah. thought it would be destroyed. So he, so he, so he, he insisted on Mbemba um, not crossing the halfway line. And he said, and he did. And he, he performed the way I wanted him to perform. You know, and he explained about John Joe Shelby, and we said that Shelby had a good game, but he said, yeah, only in the first 20 minutes, first 25 minutes, when he was doing what I told him to do. In the rest of the game, he was doing things that I had told him not to do, so he, he needed to learn from it. And so Rappers basically, he's coaching this team through the entire 90 minutes of a game and through the other six days of the week, you know, um, and, that, and that's, the, that's the making of the man, and that's why he gets paid an awful lot of money, and that's why he's manager at Newcastle United, and that's why he's also been manager at Real Madrid, mm. and he's been manager at Milan, and, and, and all over the place, because people see that he's got something, you know? Um, and when you sit with him, you know that he eats, sleeps, and drinks football, um, but he has a certain style that, that 
we have to get used to. You know, yeah. I've been a fan, and he'll tell you, you know, Rapper's great. You got to get used to the style of football. You know? I, I, you know what you just said there. You know what you just said there, Steve. I've just pulled up a tweet off last night because I, I read a Liverpool fan talking to a lad on Twitter last night, and he was he was just chatting back to him, and he just he actually said his words were, "You've got one of the best managers in the world, but he works on his terms. Enjoy yeah, his tenure exactly. and back. Enjoy his tenure and back him to the hill. He does. That's right. He works on his terms. His yeah. terms. He basically set the team up that he believes will win a football match. He, he is very, very good at setting up a team to keep you in a football match. He's looked at the players we currently have, and he, reckon, and he thinks the best way to set us up, to keep us in a football match, to get us the best results, certainly away from moment, to stay in the game as long as we can, and then try and implement our own style against them. And that's why we sit top of the championship. Exactly. Exactly. Well said, Lee. Well said. And we're not going to get we are going to get anyone better than this guy. I'm telling you now. No, and when I read no. people talking about him, sometimes I find it frightening. Well, I, I, I do as well. You get people who are saying, "Oh, well, you know, they're harping back to the, the entertainers, and the, you know, oh, Keegan wouldn't have done it like this." You know, oh, um, oh. these are the same people who would have been hounding Bobby Robson, you know, because yeah. Bobby played. Uh, you know, he, he might have at times. You know, and you look at the results and you see, you know, his first game of Mohammed Sheffield Wednesday and you see some of the results that we had against other clubs. But there was plenty of days under Sir Bobby where, you know, we really struggled. And then you look yep. at the Sunnises, you know, and people look at Sunnis and he, he gets us to a semi-final of an FA Cup and completely blows it. Um, <laughs> but you know, with, with, with negative football and, and, you know, all that type of thing. And we we just got to be thankful for the very fact, like you say, that we've got Rafa Benitez as a manager in Newcastle United. And we are backing with the hilt, and Mike Ashley needs to back him to the hilt. And I'm sure that you just have to look at what the way that the club is set up now in terms of the feel-good fact that there is throughout the, throughout the staff, not just mm -hmm. the playing staff, but the staff behind the scenes, the excitement that they're feeling, the, the way that it's rubbed off on them. Um... You know, you, you you now see smiling faces when you walk into St James's Park, um, whereas in the past it was it looked like it was a it was a grind for for the staff to be in watching the we're, game and, and we were just existing. We were just yeah. existing. We, we were just existing. We were turning up to the match, Steve, like zombies, like zombies, just turning up like you have to, like you have to, like you like you felt you need to go. I, I love waking up on a Saturday and on a match day. Absolutely love it because I'm. I mean, the, you know those last six, six games of the season when we unbeaten towards the end of last season when we just kind of missed out on staying up? I loved that when he had us unbeaten. And what did he do to us there? He just made us difficult to beat. He dropped Shelby, who wasn't pulling his weight, and he put Colbert and Teotie in front of the back four. Just just made us difficult to beat. We weren't scoring goals. We were winning games like 1-0, 1-0 or 2-1 and things like that. And we, we nearly did it. We nearly pulled it off. And if this guy is allowed to implement his style, his culture, over the whole club, mind, because the whole club was rotten. And, and if someone thinks that he's just going to be able to sort it out um, in one year, well, they're absolutely crazy because there's a lot of work that needs to go into that club. And Mike Ashley would just be best just sit back, sign checks, if it's done right, and for good players, good footballers, and he, he would reap the rewards. You know, the club shop, when I went in in the summer to buy the George's kit, when I knew that they took the wonder off it, 
I said, you know what it is, lads? I said, you'll be chopping in here. I don't kick adult kits. Um, if that one there wasn't on the front, I said, when's the deal up? Summer. So that's going off. So if you're if you're if you're a sponsor and you're a big brand, imagine backing Newcastle United. A Rafa Benitez led Newcastle United on the front of your shirt. Might actually make a fortune out of that. Again, I reckon there'll probably be a big sponsor who'll be waiting in the wings thinking, I fancy some of that. Because you could, what you'll see is, you'll see people walking around town again and black my tops. People start shopping in the club shop because they might think, right, well, he's doing what exactly what we want him to do. I think that, that this, is, this is the thing, you see. I think because it was alluded to again quite heavily this week, uh, last week, sorry, that um, uh, I always thought Newcastle had a, um, a sponsor lined up, ready to go. Now that we're, now that we're coming out, I think everything is linked to Rafa Benitez. Because any sponsor that comes in want, would want, well, you think, would, would want to be linked with the main man, Rafa Benitez, uh, because, you know, He's a real football man, and as we, as in the past, when we've had a um, a good situation with the manager, which we've had for a long, long time, uh, the fans like yourself, like would go out there and buy lots and lots of strips. It would, you know, these days they're all different now because nobody wants to buy with that W on it. So um, now this is a problem. The fact that they're now insinuating, it's a bit of an insinuation been going on the last couple of days, but that they're looking to go overseas to get a sponsor. Why have they not got one? Well, I, knows. I, I, I'll, I'll cut in there because at the fans forum, the, the yeah. matter of a sponsor was talked about and we're told mm-hmm. that we'll be, we should be pleasantly surprised. I think we'll be happy with the sponsor. The talks were ongoing uh, simply to... Uh, linked to which league we're going to be in and obviously the, you know the, the, they seem to be well down the track what you've also got to remember is that they're all well down the track because there's, there's a new shirt coming out um, and you need to have that shirt ready and start to be printed and stocks done and all signed off and agreed um, probably back in end of December, beginning of January yeah. So it's all done and dusted in, in that respect. It, the, the, the parts that haven't been resolved, I would imagine, are what the value of that deal is. And the value of the deal depends on which league we're in. So there'll be two two documents that uh, that have been signed, one of which will get ripped up because it'll be hinging on what, what league you're in. So that's happening. We, also, we, we asked about the club strip. We asked about whether the strip would be available before the end of the season or not. And they said, no, it wouldn't be available so yeah. we'd not be turning out like we did if we're if we're playing a, a, a similar game to the one we had against Leicester back in ninety two ninety three. We'll not be turning out in the new kit on the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. But that you know the 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 deals are there. The deals are in place. It's not a case of we're still chopping around trying to find a sponsor or anything like that. No. That was that was certainly not what came over at the fans forum when the, when the, the, the discussions took place when people asked the question whether or not we were having a new sponsor, whether the shirt sponsor was sorted now and guaranteed that it wasn't going to be Wonga, which it was, guaranteed that the, there is no link between the sponsor and uh, changing the name of the, of the ground from St. James's Park. Again, as it happened in the past, 
um, and uh, also confirming that the shirt sponsors uh, would still be Puma because that contract is, yeah. has uh, a number yeah, yeah, of years yeah. still to run. Yeah. So all of that. So now you're getting you're getting little little pieces in, whether it's social media or Facebook or whether it's or where it where it comes from, I, I don't know, Andrew. I, I've never I've never read anywhere in the mainstream press that talked about um, the, the the shirt sponsor. Um, well, it was last week you mentioned that there's nothing agreed. The uh, the shirt sponsor, nothing's agreed. They're looking to go to um, uh, the Far East to look at, at bringing in a partner. And it's interesting, obviously, they said at the phone forum. That everything's kind of agreed. Um, where, where was where, uh, which which newspaper this was that? That's why it surprised me. Yeah, I've I not just, seen that one. No, I did see it. Like, it was because um, the, the Chronicle led with it saying, "Who is the shirt sponsor is going to be?" And I'm and I'm watching it. I'm thinking, okay. And they kind of then said, uh, "Listen out for the next um, the next uh, interesting bit on the the shirt sponsor." So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to tell us who it is. So and I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then all of a sudden, uh, Lee, 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 obviously, Lee Ryder's friend of the show, he turned around and he wrote about the fact that Newcastle, there's no sponsorship deal in place and they're going to be heading um, for talks in the Far East uh, with regards to the shirt sponsor. And I, 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 I have to say, I, because I expected, like you just said, Steve, that um, that everything's been everything's kind of tickety boo, and it's due to, it's due to be released uh, whenever that's going to be. And then when I read that, I'm like, because this is what this is on. If you look back at the Chronicles um, weekly, uh, well, it's daily, isn't it really? But and I read it, and I'm I'm thinking any moment now they're going to see who the sponsor is, and then he said. Then, it, then it, a, a nice, I'll probably, if I can find it, I'll send it to you, but um, it does say that it's still up in the air who it's going to be. So, you tell me. Well, I, think, I, think what, I think that's been picked up completely wrong. And what, what is and what will be happening is that with the TV deal that we have in China, the yeah. club <coughs> themselves will be looking for commercial deals, mm-hmm. not necessarily linked to a shirt sponsor, but commercial deals um, with... Uh, far eastern companies because what I do understand is that there's new technologies shortly going to be available which gives you the ability to so if you're watching a game here in the UK you will see certain sponsors names playing around on that electronic scoreboard uh, right but in the far east because of the way that technology is moving on you will have the ability for the far east screen to see something totally different Mm -hmm. Um, and this is this is new technology that the club will be trying to to hook onto, and they're not going to be the only club are doing it. Um, so, what, what the club will be looking at because of the TV deal in the Far East, which we don't have any tie up with at the moment, we will be looking, I'm sure, at, at tying up sort of commercial deals um, to do with sponsorship on mm-hmm. on match days and games that are shown in the Far East that, that deal with Newcastle United, you know, and you would expect that with. There's been an awful lot of criticism of Newcastle uh, in the past about the, the lack of, of um, commercial opportunities, um, and you, you, we've, we've criticised them on, on this show uh, in the past. You know the fact that when the results have come out, we've seen that you know 
the the commercial aspects of the club are something somewhere sitting at 19 million, um, and yet you look back to 2005 and it was probably 17 million, and you're thinking, hang on, they've only managed to scrape in, in this day and age an extra two million in commercial um, opportunities. Um, when Manchester United and, and whomever have got like 50-odd different sponsors, you know, they, they sponsor everything, don't they, you know? So we've been criticised for not exploiting commercial opportunities, and I think now it's probably just the club's getting its act together and is looking to where the, where the money is, and the money seems to be in the Far East, and there'll be link-ups link with Far Eastern clubs and Far Eastern companies uh, in the same way as you'd expect them to be linked with US companies and and so on. Yeah. It's interesting America's not been uh, involved in that. Uh, bringing in uh, Chris Parry from uh, Texas. Good evening to you. Chris, how are you? I'm doing just fine, guys. How about yourselves? Not too bad. So there's a couple of things to address tonight. Uh, first, obviously, the result on Saturday. Um, we'll get that in a second. But uh, again, um, Mitrovic being uh, told by Newcastle that he's He's going to be there for the foreseeable future, and also with Newcastle's, um, uh, they're going to be building uh, more student accommodation uh, above the metro, so it means, which is across the street from the, the ground, so there's going to be no um, ex expansion. I'm sure they'll probably may find different ways to expand the, expand the club in some way, but um, uh, what was your thoughts first of all on the match? And how did you take it afterwards? Because obviously it helps with with uh, Brighton getting beat. Um, I mean, it's it, I, I sound like a broken record. You know, same thing as last week, talking about how you take your cap off and and say it was a good it, it was a good performance by the opposition. It was an amazing performance by their goalkeeper. But at the same time, I, I, I guess at this point, when you're, you're scratching and clawing and you're just trying to do whatever you can to get enough points to to get back up. Any point on the road is a good point. I know that we wish that Newcastle could just go out and win every single game, but that's just not going to be the case. Really, honestly, I don't care how many points Newcastle accrues as long as it's enough to get them to go up in either first or second. And uh, with uh, with Brighton and, and Huddersfield kind of taking a you know slipping on a banana peel, so to speak, uh, it was able uh, Newcastle was able to to gain a point on the two of them. They already have the superior goal difference. So uh, whatever whatever it takes is kind of how I'm feeling. I do think that the um, the injury situation uh, is affecting Newcastle. You know, not having Yedlin, not having you know some of the guys that uh, that uh, Rafa has been so accustomed to putting out there. It is affecting how things are being played. Although I, I have read and I have seen some highlights of Diami looked like he was a different player playing in a in a more natural position. Uh, seemed like he affected the game way more than normal. Lee, did you think that as well? Because you at the game, you at the game, um, uh, and I kept on hearing that the army—that's his role. He wants to play. Well, uh, alongside when he went uh, in, alongside Colback. Yeah. Uh, he was—he was all right. He was—he uh, he was doing. There was a couple of things where he, again, I'm just wanting me. I'm wanting a little bit more from. I'm wanting yeah. to grab a game by the scruff of the next Andrew. He just the. Uh, I think he's got it in. I think he's obviously could be. He's probably one of our better players. But sometimes you just look at him and you just think, "Come on, son! Come on, son! Grab this game by the scruff of the neck." Um, I thought Perez. I actually Perez had a decent game. Perez in the hole. Perez had possibly one of his better games. He was actually he was actually causing some problems for their um, their back four. Um, so that was quite good. But Dami, 
I'm just still just wanting him to do a bit more. I think he's got the ability just to grab a game by the scruff of its neck, like, and uh, we're going to need him over the next couple of weeks. But he did all right. He did all right. Like I said, it was steady away. We couple we didn't we didn't play particularly well, but we we did enough to win the match. Uh, uh, like I said, their goalkeeper, like Chris just said there, like I said to you before, Chris, come on. The, the stadium announced to give their goalkeeper their man of the match, and that's and that, that's pretty much the told its old story. Their, their goalkeeper kept them in it. I think uh, the two weeks coming up, um, Chris, I think going to help Newcastle now a hell of a lot um, because there won't be that many. I've, I've, I've even heard the Scottish um, uh, Hanley; he's pulled out of the Scotland squad, so any niggles we've got, we're not going to lose that many players, Chris. Well, one thing it's going to do, guys, is just going to, it's just going to allow Newcastle to take a breath, you know, for a couple for a couple of weeks because the the match of the fixtures have been coming fast and furious. I mean, they really have. Uh, the championship is something else. I thought the Premiership was uh, was loaded with fixtures, but uh, the championship really they come fast and furious. This will give the guys give the guys a chance to take you know take a breath, go see their families, get away from it from a little for a little while. And then uh, hopefully come back to, to training, ready to rock and roll, and, and let's finish this thing out strong. I think that's what Benitez is hoping for. Yeah, that, okay. Chris, Chris, that's what I said when I come over the ground. Um, it's this this two week period that's coming up, Andrew. Everyone, this is this is this is massive for us. It's needed. It's needed. We've got a couple of knocks, a couple of niggles. We've got players currently out. You know, you're going to have Hayden back after this two week break, which is going to be massive. You know, gives us extra options in midfield. We'll go away. Players need to go away and need to rest. And we'll, we'll sit down next week with Rafa, I would imagine, once we get back in. And we'll refocus and we'll start talking about the month of April, which Benitez continuously has even said will be the big month. And he was saying that before the, the games against Brighton and Huddersfield. He kept he kept repeating it in his press conference. The big month is April. And he kept saying, we have seven games in April. Seven games in April. And we start off with two home games. And if we can win them two home games, I honestly think we're pretty much nearly there. Because ultimately... I'd rather be chased than the chaser, because you know we've been there before. We, you know, we we've got these two home games where if we just start on the front foot, you know, we should be certainly too much for the likes of Wigan and Burton. Yeah, because you, you think Chris, like as Lee just correctly said, that you have to think. To me, if seven points ahead. How many games to go? Lee's at eight. Yes. Yeah. So I think the way the teams that could it. Because the thing is, I don't think Huddersfield and Brighton, I think, you know, they're talking about Newcastle limping over the line. Well, they all, you know, they, they, the other teams are taking off points off each other anyway. I think the next two games could see Newcastle up. Chris, what do you think? Well, one thing we have to worry, not worry about, but just Newcastle just needs to, to come back in two weeks and, and get the two victories. They really do. And that would put them in such good standing because I think if you look below now, Things are going to get a little interesting because you've got Reading, you've got Leeds, you've got these teams are all are now are now, now nipping it up at Brighton and Huddersfield deals. Not really Brighton, but definitely Huddersfield. So it'll be interesting how how that all works out. I think the the, the best thing Newcastle United can do is stay clear of all of that. Just get up and get up out of it. And next thing you know, you know we'll be talking about a Premiership team and. We won't have to worry about sponsorship deals and Far East deals and things like that because once once Newcastle's a Premiership team, all of that stuff's going to come naturally. Yeah, I think um, that's the thing is that everything's you know I think when it when it comes when it comes to the, the manager and uh, what was what was your take, Chris, when it, when you heard that Mitrovic 
is part of the is, is going to be part of Newcastle's future moving forward. Um, when you heard that this week, last week, sorry. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, di- I didn't hear you. What was what was your question? Oh yeah, when it comes to Mitrovic, when the story came out from Lee Ryder that um, when it comes to when it comes to Mitrovic, he will be part of Newcastle's future. Um, that sent alarm bells because obviously my contact says there's no way she can form that Rafa Benitez wants Mitrovic and they would look to sell him. When when you heard that that came out, what was your reaction, even though he is a young fella? Well, I mean, you've got it, – it's how you have in all, in all teams. You've got a, you have an owner and you have a coach, and an owner may like a player. He may want to keep a player, and a coach may want to – you'll get rid of a player. You know, in Dallas right now, we've got a situation with a quarterback yeah. that the owner loves, yeah. but it, you know, it looks like he's going to have to be released. And the owner's going to have to, uh, you know, if you, you guys have been living under a rock, you know what I'm yeah. talking about, you yeah. know, Tony yeah. Romo yeah. and the situation whether or not he's going to stay or go. I, I do think Mitrovic is a young enough player that I don't think that you should just, you know, release him. You know, just, uh, I mean, and, some, and honestly, I don't know if you can get fair market value for him you try in a transfer so what the best thing Newcastle can do is hang on to him and have him go for his go play for his national team and just completely tear it up like he has been and scoring goals and get his name out there and if you want to sell him then sell him then you don't sell him now you don't sell if you sell him now you're going to get him for nothing and you want to try to recoup some money back uh Benitez I think he's a box to not really a box to box I think he's a guy that's very good at holding up play but some, but you need, you don't want a striker who's good at holding up play unless he's also good at scoring goals. Uh, and right now he's just not finding the back of the net. And Dwight Gale's goals do. are finally dried up. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? He doesn't do what Dal Murphy does um, for Newcastle. At least as a starting point with Dal Murphy. Dal Murphy's 34 years of age. He you know, obviously with experience. He's, you know, he, he's doing the job. But this guy is 22, 23 years of age, and he can't do the basics. Like, Lee, you go to most games. Um, he, he's, for, he's not doing it. I don't think, for, as a Newcastle player, and for all the hype that he gets, he does nothing for Newcastle United. Like, you want, you want to score one goal? Great. Score another one. Go out there, tear it up. But he's not doing that, Lee. He needs, to, yeah, he needs to do more. I, thought he, I actually thought he did more last season in the Premier League. He was much more of a handful for the defenders of the Premier League without scoring a great number of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, games he's played this season, apart from um, apart from pressing away and pressing at home, I was a pressing at home and pressing away where he was excellent pressing away. Um, he hasn't been consistent. He hasn't been consistent enough, and when he's been given the chance, he's kind of. Kind of bars it up for himself, really. I, I, I have a problem with him when he's. Um, I like the lad, but I have a problem when he, the problem is he, Darren Murphy does does one thing that Mitrovic doesn't. Darren Murphy concentrates on the ball when it's coming towards him. Mitrovic looks at the defender, um, and what that normally ends up in is him fighting the defender, either giving a free kick away, or then the ball or the ball not actually coming to him because he's he's kind of misjudged the flight of it. Milovic last season, ironically, it's a year to the day, it's a year to the day that we drew one-one with Sunderland. Um, and Milovic that day um, was an absolute handful for the Sunderland backline. Uh, he was a real handful for the Sunderland backline, and 
his goal that he got against Sunderland, his equaliser when he towered above Yedlin at the back stick, that was, uh, he, in, in a way, Andrew, I, I look at him this season and he actually looks like he shrank. <laughs> I thought he was a monster of men on the pitch last season, um, but he actually looks like he's, he's, <clears throat> he's shrank in stature this year. I, I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know if it's just because championship defenders are bigger and burlier and, and meaner and stronger. Um, but he's not... I mean, as Chris says, he's young. There, he's, he's young. He's 22. But you know, you've got a you've got a lot of good footballers out there at, at his age, and you know, we kind of paid quite a bit of money for him. We did, I think we paid about 12, 30 million, didn't we? So mm-hmm. you're wanting, you are wanting more from him. I, I, I haven't given up on him, but I, I still don't know if he's Rafa's man. I think Rafa likes to play with a, a centre forward and a ten, and. Mitrovic isn't going to be centre forward, and he's certainly definitely not going to be his ten. Yeah, I think he's been a, he's definitely been a disappointment, and you know it's not going to go away. It's the fact that one player is ten years old, thirteen years older than him, knows what he's doing with it. He sees the ball, he, he takes care of the ball. He, you know, you, you can only see Murphy now to me playing regularly until the end of the season. Um, I think um, it, w- it would be nice, wouldn't it, if we could get a bit more pace, the, the, the injured players come back in. I'd love to see Rolando Aarons come back in, but I can't see him getting his fitness back. Um, I think Gale will be great. That's the thing, is these next two games obviously into April are so big for Newcastle. Um, everything around Newcastle will eventually come back to the fact that... Andrew, Gale needs these two weeks. He, in particular, yeah. needs these two weeks. Yeah, do you think you guys, you guys think he came back He came back a little early, you know, trying to... So. With, did, with yeah. the hamstring, because he really has been rather ineffective, except, let's be honest, except for the goal where he was given the goal, you know, where the goalkeeper decided to completely make a mess of it and, and you know, all he had to do was basically nod it in. He really hasn't done very much, but that's understandable. He was coming back from a major injury. He's probably trying to definitely, get back early. Definitely needs so these he two can help weeks, out. Definitely yeah. needs these two weeks, Chris. This is re- this will be good for Dwight Gale. These next two weeks will be very, very good for Dwight Gale. Yeah, Guys, I think it'll be good for the whole team. I really do. Yeah, I think just to get away get away from the from the cauldron and, and as much as we don't want to talk about it, Newcastle's not used to this. These players are not used to being in a title race. They're used to being in a, oh, my God, you know, let's try to win one of our last four games just so we can avoid the drop. You know, they're not used to every time they come out there, they have to win so they can stay in first place with everyone nipping at their heels. It's a whole new, it's a whole new situation, whereas I think the older, general, the older guys handled it better four or five years ago. But, you know, the Kevin Nolans, and, of course, you had Andy Carroll who just came out of nowhere and was just amazing. But you also had, you had some internationals, some guys with a little – they just handled it better. I think these guys are handling it fine. It's, I, I just think that us as spectators need to give them a break. I mean, they're in first place, and they've lost, what, one game the entire year of 2017? I mean, I think that's pretty good. I think I would take that if you asked me to start at 2017. It's, it's interesting, Chris, so when you, when you hear the commentators who commentate on Newcastle's matches – they they've got such a downer on Newcastle United. It's simply incredible to to hear some of the bile they come out with, and these are players who never made it to the top level. Like, <laughs> and it's it's quite amazing to watch. Like, uh, when you watch, you know, I wouldn't say American football, but they they always put the best players on. You know, it's like you know the pre-game whatever it is, 
and then you watch the lunatics that they put on for our games and it's always oh Newcastle got Newcastle got this because they got that because they got the parachute payments we haven't even received the par we haven't even received the parachute payments yet it's crazy and but they still harp on about the fact that um, you know we we get this this and this Newcastle is a humongous team. The only difference is now, one of the top clubs, one of the top clubs in the world, not just in, in England, world. in the world. And they're trying to. This is the problem, isn't it? Until our owner decides to let the humongous club become the people's club and let the guy get on with it, we're always going to be laughed at from a long. Like we've been laughed at for many years, uh, front back pages, you name it, for a long, long time. And this is the the thing with Newcastle United. On the playing side, we look okay, uh, but on the speaking side, we've got an owner who's listened to his PR guys, who is insulting. This is a, this is what I'm trying to get at. He's insulting Rafa Benitez. That's why at the end of the season, with a man who is very principled when it comes to football, wants to run it the right way. The only reason I'll know or, uh, that everything that I've heard from the club is incorrect is if they uh, if I hear that um, Green Card left Newcastle United if that doesn't happen well, there's definitely going to be a problem because I think his contract I don't think Lee knows this but I remember he got a contract for five years and he was very close to uh, coming to the end of that and he got renewed so I think not I think he's got a that's a problem he's got a couple of years left to go and um, Mike Ashley never really likes to. Once he puts people in there he likes, he never really likes to uh, get rid of them. And they stay on the payroll, the same what Joe Kinnear did, didn't they? So the next couple of, you know, I think this next two weeks actually is going to, it'll it'll help. But uh, on the playing side, I'm not so sure uh, that it'll help with the fact that the news today that we're not going to extend the ground. It, it's going to lead to a lot of Chinese whispers, I find. Are you talking to me or are you talking yeah, to... Yeah, I'm talking like, to both of you, yeah. But, like, uh, what do you think on it, Chris? Because, to me, it's a bit of a... Like, it's like the Dallas Cowboys, they've made the biggest stadium in the whole world. And if they could make it bigger in some ways, they would. But with Newcastle, the, um, the only thing I can think of is that it, it, that road that leads to Gallagher, uh, probably... Uh, Lee will probably answer this one, but that road that leads there, if they were going to extend, they're going to have to go into that road, wouldn't they, Lee? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think that. I mean, the, the key. I mean, the stadium thing's been talked about for a while. Um, we've already have a big stadium. We've already got the biggest in England. Um, if we extend it, we extend it. If we don't, we don't. Um, you know. You can only get, yeah. I do think I do think a successful run Newcastle United could probably attract more people. Bear in mind, we've been selling out pretty much every game in the championship. Um, if Mike Ashley, as I've said before, before Chris came on, Mike Ashley, Mike, if Mike Ashley wants to dice with death, he messes on with Benitez and Benitez walks. Mike Ashley is not going to get a better manager in Newcastle United than, uh, than Rafa Benitez. He's got no chance. Rafa Benitez is a world-class manager. Rafa Benitez should never, ever, ever have took over Newcastle in the first place. Rafa Benitez should never, ever, ever have steered at Newcastle in the championship. The reason why he has, because he looks at Newcastle and he thinks, Christ, I don't do so at this, you know. Mm. 
I can actually do something with this. And I think he does think that. I, if he gets us up in the Premier League, he will challenge Mike Ashley for Newcastle to achieve, not just to exist. That's a fact. That's a fact. And if he, if Mike Ashley decides he just wants to exist, like Sunderland, finishing 17th in the Premier League, year in, year out, year in, year out, and Rafa Benitez will not be at Newcastle next season. I agree. That's a that's a worry. I think uh, you know I've always had this, especially from the contacts that I've got. It's uh, it's precarious to say the least. But um, when when it, the, the one player who when it, when it comes to the, the you know the next stage of Newcastle, when you look at Chris, when you look at that squad, if for Newcastle wants to get into the Premier League, you look. This the thing is, this the problem, isn't it? You can't imagine. Um, for the the team especially, if, if they want to go up and they're gonna, they'll probably they'll get they'll get rid of a lot of players who who just they're just good for the championship. You can't imagine Mike Ashley saying right here, okay, like other teams have saying here's a hundred million, let's get let's let's uh, you know start the way we need to go on and sustain uh, the champ us in the champ in the in the um, premiership. That's the thing with, with him. He wants five for money, and that's why I think we've got major problems coming ahead because he's already said um, via you know whispers, which proved to be true, that he wants he wants the young kids to come in and uh, sell them on, which which all clubs do anyway, Chris. Well, the one thing, guys, we need to keep we need to keep uh, <laughs> we need to keep her away from Monaco right now. Because as good as well as Monaco is playing, I mean, Monaco is doing exactly, exactly what what Ashley wants to do. Mm-hmm. You have uh, young guys get seventeen and eighteen year old guys out there playing. It, it was fun to watch. I mean, it was such it was such an, a, a brilliant match to watch how Monaco played. But all those guys are all going to be gone. They're all going to be gone in three months. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to sell every single one of them and try to and try to do it again. And I'm I'm not sure. I heard I thought I heard the commentators talking about how. The Monaco fans were up in arms, and they weren't, you know, they weren't coming to matches as much because they're so mad with how the club's being run. But if you're the owner and you're in first place, and you're also in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, I mean, that would be his dream scenario. That would be Mike Ashley's dream. So, and and he's going to end. They're probably going to make about a hundred to a hundred and sixty million, don't you think? I mean, that forward alone, when when they're when they're comparing him to Thierry Henry. I mean that's the kind of guy. I think that's what he's hoping. He was hoping Mitrovic would be or something like that. So, it, it's it's interesting. It, it's it's really interesting. At the same time, we all love Rafa Benitez, but I think we've all we all have to come to grips with this club is bigger than a manager and it's bigger than an owner and it's bigger than everyone. It's about the fans. It's about the city. It's about the the passion and the love. And it's going to survive if Benitez walks out the door, you know. Then, then we're going to get behind whoever the next guy is. I mean, that's just how that's how the club is. I mean, it's going to suck if it happens. I think we Chris. See. I just think Chris. I think it'll be the end game though for Mike Ashley. Mind. I'll be the end. Game well, I think he'll probably. I think I think he'll probably sell. There's doubt. Like I think if if Benitez goes, Lee, I think you guys are right, Andrew. I think you're right. If Benitez leaves. I think Mike Ashley will will have so the the heat will really be turned up on him to you know, to sell gonna, the club. He's not going to make anything off the club then, Chris. Because honestly, Chris, you, the, the, I kind of 
you kind of, he, Mike Ashley will not attract better than Rafa Benitez. Like I said, I don't even know how he ended up here in the first place. I oh, no, that's it. true. It was like our I dream he, scenario. It was our I dream actually, scenario. I actually think, Chris, I actually do think he's looked at Newcastle historically and he's looked at the likes of the city where he, where he enjoyed so much uh, success at Liverpool. It's quite, they're quite similar. And I think he's looked at the area and he's got involved in it and he's, he's walked around and he's looked at its history and he's thought, I can really do something with this. And I've said a million times on here, Newcastle could be whatever it wants to be if it's run correctly. And, and for Mike Ashley as a businessman, it was basically, honestly, it was crap money. It was crap money for him if he just, you know, goes a little bit further. Just goes a little bit further. Just, just take it on a little bit. Newcastle United, it was, it, was only, it, was, it was only in 1996 where David Ginola decided to sign for Newcastle instead of going to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Newcastle can be what they want to be mm-hmm. if somebody sits down and just goes, right, let's take it on. Just take it on. But if Rafa Benitez isn't here and it's something to do with Mike Ashley, I just think it's the end game. A lot of people, Chris, went back to St. James's Park and continue to go to St. James's Park mm-hmm. for one reason, and that was Rafa Benitez. Well, you could definitely tell after the Tottenham game last year that uh, it was just such a great upswell of of pride and, and love for the man and wanted and. And I, I'm, I was so happy that he decided to stay. I mean, I told my wife, I was like, this is crazy. This is basically like, this is basically like, you know, a major coach, uh, you know, wanting to, wanting to coach in AAA baseball. You know, I was like, I was like, Jen, it's just, it's unheard of. Some of it's unheard of that somebody would actually want to go down the division and stay. I, I, I think, guys, let's, let's, before we all walk off a bridge here, let's, let's see how, <laughs> let's see how things, let's see how things progress. Let's see if Newcastle does what they're supposed to do. It's hopefully they're up in the Premiership, and then we can start going after you know everybody and and everything else. Now, with regards to sponsorships, I don't know, man. I mean, Newcastle is one of the richest clubs in the world. I mean, I, I, it, whether they get the sponsorship now or whether they get them in May or whether they get it in in June, July, August, I've never been one of these people that wanted to see the uniform before the next season. Anyway, I always thought it was kind of nice. When uh, they would hold it out, and then kind of and give, and it's something, it's something that's a cool newsworthy event to uh, to unveil it, you know, you know, a couple, you know, maybe a month before the the first match, and that's another way of of generating income because everyone can't wait to go buy the kit. Uh, I don't understand why you'd wear it the last the last day of the of the of the other season. But that's just me. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Well, thanks for coming on, Jen. So I'm gonna go with my last caller. Of the night, uh, we'll be back in two weeks, uh, obviously with the international break. But thanks for coming on. US, we'll US is going to get US is going to get two victories and they're going to pull themselves out of this World Cup funk that they're in. Oh, anyway, I'm guys, I'll talk. I'll, 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 I'll talk to you later. I'm ignoring football for two weeks. I'm having to breathe myself. I'm knackered. I don't. I don't even know. That's probably a good. That's probably a good idea. Actually, who, who is I'm USA playing? Who England playing? Even I don't know. I couldn't. Well, I couldn't give a monkey's who England playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Germany, actually. But who, who are you well, US is, the U.S. is in last. The U.S. is in last place, man. And the Hex, they got to win both their games to get get their act together. Uh, you know, that's why Klinsman got sacked, got sacked yeah. because the U.S. had had enough of him. So anyway, <laughs> so we'll see if it works out. But anyway, guys, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Lee. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers, Andrew. See you later, Bye-bye. Well, we're going to bring in my last call this evening, and that is John. Good evening, John. How are you? <laughs> Good evening, how are you doing, lads? You good? I'm all right, how are you? I not too bad, just um, getting a new car tomorrow sort of thing, getting an old oh, EA1 and um, 
It's 11 plates and um, it costs um, 8 grand. Well, I got it oh, down yeah. from 8,004 to 8 grand. So oh, I'm okay. really looking forward to it and um, exciting times there. Eh? Yeah, exciting times. I think, um, what, 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 did you take, what did you take from the Newcastle? It's interesting, isn't it? When you look at the last result, uh, you know, I was a little bit disappointed. But we, we drew against a team that's effectively nearly in the relegation area. But when, yeah. you, when we take into consideration... The, the other teams how they did it's a point gained isn't it but it just shows you this championship yeah. you, you never know what you're going to get I know it just changes from time to time this moment in time and um, you know you never know what you're going to get it's like it's just like a lucky dip you put your hand mm. in it and you just draw it out and um, mm. you just don't know what you're going to get but mm. um, you're right I mean um, I think it's a point gain we're not going to win the game just get a point and that's exactly what we've got I mean yeah I looked at the replay again at Richie's goal and mm. there's absolutely no wrong with that goal what is so it's very hard to free. see though I, 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 didn't see it in a free, I didn't see it in a freeze frame um, you, you only get well, have you seen a freeze frame or did they did you look at it a bit more because I did think if Lee, Lee says he looked at he looked at the linesman and when it was bundled in he didn't raise it so I was. I just thought, well, who, who, who actually um, said it was offside? Was it the referee or the linesman, or was it linked to the fact that, we, that they thought it could have been a foul on the goalkeeper? Um, it could have been anything. Sort of thing. Like, um, I mean, obviously I saw the highlights, so I didn't see all the angles or all looked at um, matches. Um, forced the keeper in, sort of thing. I mean, I watched it again and again, and. I can't work out what it was, sort of. I couldn't see the linesman, you know, as mm. that. I couldn't work it out at all. I really couldn't. But again, it just goes to show they're getting a lot of bad luck this season, and that is one of them yet again. I mean, it was like I have the Birmingham that would have been a goal. They would let us do it, but I'm afraid it's because it's Newcastle, right? Mm. They don't seem to care. They just want to talk off for some reason. They just want to see one thing wrong with us, mm. and it's been not tough and. We've just been so, um, what do you call it, hard done by the season referees, offside goals, and hey, it's just ridiculous, Andrew. It really is ridiculous. It's every time, isn't it? We have, a lo- we have lots of goals. Like we score, we score goals from corners, whatever it is, and we're getting so many chalked off. It, yeah. It just seems to happen all like automatically now. You don't, you don't think we're going we're to score because you know you expect the linesman to say no, 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 and it's. It's like it, it's happening every week. Well, it's just on. Um, I'll just say that, like I said, it's just absolutely. I mean, like Kieran Clark had a good shot off did against Forest. Mm. There's no wrong with that, and um, it's just getting an absolute fast. It really is. It's I think he's bringing video replays sort of thing as well, just to you know, like um, just check if the goals ligament or not sort of thing. We have that on like te- te- um, video technology or whatever you want to call it. We would have got those schools back, mm. and um, we would have got more points on the board. But unfortunately, we haven't got video technology. There's nothing you can do about it. To me, it's done now. We just have to move on, and we can't be done on it now because it's gone. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you look at we look at the, the result that we we lost against Fulham, we lost against Bristol City, and you look at Fulham get beat the next the next week uh, at home, and then you have Bristol City beat Brighton. It's, it just shows you. You know, we think we'll feel we feel a bit a little bit hard done by by the results at home, which are, which again is a massive a massive thing. Um, ah, lost opportunity. 
Oh, it's like the next two games are at home, and you know the the teams that you know in the past, and it's like these two games should be like, oh, you know, that's why I think the break's gonna do us is gonna do us good because we we'll we'll have a bit more rest and we can go at these two games, which are you know if all goes well, we we could be confirmed as um with being promoted even with eight games to go. Well, they lead to six, wouldn't it? I I worked out. I agree with you. Sort of. I mean, the rest is fantastic. We need that rest big time. No wonder some of our players are not playing in the nationals because of um so of injuries and stuff. That's just great. And we need those players. So we need Hayden back. We need um Kevin back. Fast sort of thing. And um also as well. I mean, on these two not play, games, not play um and what's his name? Not play Giambi ahead. Up, oh, up top when he is a is a defensive player. And he's I, enjoyable. And I, I mean, he's, he's, I said this to you last week. He's not a number ten. He yeah. is a central midfield. <laughs> but every time he's in that position, I mean, I heard he had a good game on Saturday. Well, I didn't go to the game, but I heard from Tula mm. saying that he had a he had a good game and not the greatest. He had a good game with callback. But I mean, for me, I mean, the army needs to do more. He needs to do more. He needs to show that player that he is. Mm. I mean, it's no good having four good games this season and then have this as poor. Every time he gets the ball, I mean, um, I think his first touch is like, it's just like an elephant, right? Even Lukaku's got a better touch than him, right? And uh, and he just gives the ball away and he gets knocked off for a guy who's six foot one and they get knocked off the ball like that. It's just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I don't like this later player, but I'm just saying, I tell you how it is. I mean, mm. he needs to wake up a bit more. He needs to start showing his true potential. And I've yet to see evidence of that. And I'll get on, I'm, people, one or two people, I'm going to go on Twitter saying I'm slating the army off. Well, I'm not. I'm just telling how I like it is. I and think maybe, maybe Rafa, what, may, I think what's happening, I think Rafa thinks more of him in yeah. that role than what the army thinks of himself in that role, and he's just he's just probably playing where Rafa puts him. But you know, a player playing in a particular position, uh, yeah. which he likes, you know, he, he should be he should have the gusto. Listen, I'll play there, but I'm not. He probably he's probably already done it. He probably already said, well, I feel more comfortable where where my position, but I'll play there. You, you mm-hmm. know, he's a professional. He won't come out and see it. But that's the thing is, if if it, if if, maybe that's the reason why he put him in there because you know with injuries he had to put him there. Otherwise he would have played him with the with you know he, he didn't play Gale Saturday to 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 substitute. But that's the thing Newcastle are missing the pace and I think that's the reason why um, Raf had been good for horses for courses. Mm, I agree with you. Sort of if I was, if he told us to play anywhere, I'll, I'll be happy to play anywhere. But. Um, mm. I have to agree with you there, mate, because, um, well, it's a tough and really sort of thing. I mean, he does try. I mean, he's not the best, but um, at the end of the day, sort of thing, like, you know, when we're winning, I suppose he has a good game. When we play poorly, then he has to put, well, he has to, not, not a great game for me at this time, but, uh, you know, the sooner, like, um, Isaac comes back and comes back fit, the better sort of thing. So you do miss him in that midfield, that midfield drive alongside John Joe. And um, then again, he's still going to play. He's still going to play the army as a number ten, which he's not a number ten. Mm. Yeah, definitely, he's definitely not a number ten. But like, well, it, 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 I think you agree. The two weeks is going up is quite good for yep. all of us just to take a break from 
all the things you cash United and get the players a bit more fitter and then we come back and then we go for it again uh, because April's going to be a torrid month for all of us so many games to fit in a lot of them on TV which is good so at least mm-hmm. we can get more involved in it but uh, you know thanks so much for coming on John it's always a pleasure to have you on and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time we'll, we'll find out uh, what you think if we're going to win the next two games <laughs> I think we will win the next two games. I really believe that because um, we're going to come hook on players, and, right? And um, we're, we're going up, Andrew. We're going up this season. I'm feeling confident now that we're going to seal the deal because Rafa always finishes the season, end of the season well, and long way it continue. I think we'll do it. Exactly. Great stuff. Thanks, John. Appreciate having you on the show. As ever, we'll catch you in the next two weeks, OK? Thank you very much indeed, man. You have a good day. Thanks, John. Take care, mate. You too. Bye, then. Bye. Well, great show tonight with uh, one of my guests. The rest of my guests on the show, uh, minus, of course, Neil Mitchell in Dubai. But uh, have a great evening, everybody, and catch us on our podcast on the Toon Talk. Just go to the Apple Store and download the show, and you can listen to all the, all the, the shows that have been on all season on New Cash United, Sunderland, a bit of Millsborough, and tonight, a bit of Hartpool. Thanks for a great evening. Bye bye now.